0: The space brains the show where we joy watch science fiction movies and tell you what was good and what was great i'm sorry and this is mark
1: hiya tonight we're talking about the science fiction film i am mother it's a 2019 film it's available currently on netflix so consider this your spoiler warning yes
0: yeah, so if you haven't seen this film yet go
1: back watch it and then rejoin us to listen to how wonderful it really is because it is, it's a fantastic one, um, made by a great Perth director, Grant, uh, Grant Spitori. And we actually know how to say his name? We do, because we heard him say it. Yeah, and I, was ver- I was very excited about this because as we mentioned last episode, we ventured out of our sound studio to actually watch this film. It wasn't just watched on Netflix or streaming services. Uh, we got ourselves out of the cupboard, so to speak. And uh, we got to see the film on the big screen with the big speakers and Grant was also there afterwards to do a bit of a Q&A, which was a marvellous experience, wasn't it?
0: Oh, it was excellent to be able to hear direct input from the director hearing what his genuine intentions were and, and some of the process of how it was built, the size of the stage stages that were used, where it was filmed, what was practical effect, what was yeah uh, you know, CGI and so on is great. were so
1: many good insights, wasn't it? I mean quite often, as we always sort of talk about in this show, oh, this is what we feel they're probably going for, and this was our the effect on us as the audience, but we're often sort of really left wondering what was the director's intention on that or what was their outcome, you know, from doing a scene a particular way or maybe why did they do that and why did they do that and decisions. And, of course, we, we can only kind of talk about it as an audience Whereas, fantastic to get Grant's input straight after the movie, you know, giving us a lot of that insight. So, yeah, it was a really good experience and it's something that I think we need to do again, sorry, yeah, to I'd, get out and about.
0: I'd also say that if you do get the opportunity to attend an event like that, it's well worth the effort. Yeah, yep, definitely. And there is um, there will be more opportunities for that for us. There's That cinema we went to, I think, weekly or monthly has similar sorts of things. Not necessarily science fiction. No. But there will come more science fiction, I don't doubt.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yep, and well worth doing. So, yes. (laughs) So, what was your number one takeaway, sorry, from Uh, I Am Mother?
0: Number one takeaway on this one was that practical effects are not gone Mm. and they're very effective. The other one, of course, is that children everywhere will put stickers on
1: everything. <laughs> yeah, and we got a free free uh, sheet of stickers, didn't we, afterwards? It was yep. awesome. I, I sort of stickers. lost them and then I found them the other day in my jacket. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for the kids to start putting them on things. Yeah, yeah. You don't have a uh, mother robot lying around somewhere or a little robot you're tinkering no, with in I a had, cupboard somewhere? I that had to deactivate
0: her. her. She was getting a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah.
1: She wanted to destroy all of humanity to save it. It's always a nice touch. I know, I'm just trying to think, is it Demolition Man or something? But that idea of a a futuristic film and yet, you know, children still put stickers on a robot, you know? And I'm trying to think, I think it's Demolition Man where there's an old Beetle or something and it's kind of, it was the new Beetle at the time that Demolition Man was made in, in 1997 roughly. And then... When we're in the future in Demolition Man, that same beetle comes by and it's all beat up and there's stickers on it. I might be getting my reference point totally wrong with it, Demolition it, it Man. It sounds but about right. Yeah, were just as a bit of an in joke, you know, yeah. that, that, because in the 90s you had the old Beatles from the 70s and, you know, they were hippie and they had the stickers and stuff. So, yeah, I liked that connotation in this film that a child would put stickers on its mother's robot. <laughs> yes. <Yeah, it's laughs> or the robot, no, on its mother's body. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good thinking through. Nice attention to detail.
0: And, uh, okay, so how about you? Is this a hope, warning, or experiment?
1: Yeah, a bit of a debate for me on this one because I can see totally – my first thought was experiment because overall, you know, the film is debating the idea could humanity become better? Like, could you can you make humanity better, I feel? Um, and so the concept in the film is – uh, AI, uh, robotic intelligence, has decided to start fresh with a new human race. Um, that was that was kind of my outtake of the, the theme of the film. And so, Mother, uh, the artificial intelligence, has you know got this lab, um, lab and is you know gives birth to a baby who she's going to raise as the new breed of human and then have more children and that mother would carry on a new version of humanity. So on one side, you could really say, well, that's an experiment. But then on the other, when we do get to the crux or the climax of the film, mother does allow the human mother to take the baby, you know, and sort of surrenders to that concept that, oh, I have done a good job and now you should take over and raise humanity I suppose so my take from that well then then that could be hope because it's like well if we come back yeah humans are annihilated but yeah in that one act that the young girl being trained as the new mother convinces the AI that no I am a better human you know And, Mm. and again it goes back to that big picture I think of you know quite often people can argue well humans are the reason why the environment is the way it is now you know, we don't treat each other very nice a lot of the time, but stories like this kind of come back to that crux of, well, maybe we are deep down still okay. <laughs> you know, humanity's okay.
0: Yeah, well, we can change
1: and grow yeah. and learn. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit torn between those two. I don't know if I can put it into one of those. Well, categories. just
0: to throw a spanner in the works. <laughs> You're uh, going to say the other one. I'm, I'm looking at war- I'm looking <laughs> okay, at. Okay, well, there we go. Because this is the... You you say there's sort of the hope because uh, mother has allowed you know backed off and, and surrendered this child, but in reality mother's programming is still in place. Yep, and that's mother true. seems to uh, states humanity was her number one priority, and it was interesting that it was not any particular people, not individuals, but rather humanity as a whole, and that's what she was trying to deal with, which leaves you with that question of at what at what time do I fail the test. And gets restarted. I mean, she had in that little bunker sixty three thousand embryos. Mm, yeah, and they're only up to embryo four. Yeah. by the end of the movie, which leads you to think, well, she could easily just come back and kill those two off and could. get embryo five out, start mm, over. Yeah,
1: and and look, maybe she would. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. maybe her surrendering, the way she does surrender to her. I mean, in the back of her AI intelligence, she's thinking. Well, the probability that you will be successful is forty percent, but let's give it a go. <laughs> yes, yeah, I've, I've got time. time. I've yeah. got time. Yeah, AI's got the time, doesn't it? So we'll we'll give you a we'll give you a couple of generations, and then we'll come back and see how well you've done.
0: Indeed, yeah. So uh, you could say there's a bit of warning there, but I do think it is more on the hope experiment side of things. I think the intention there, and Grant didn't really go into that sort of darker side at the mm. end, but rather I think the intention was that sort of Experiment, hope of of what you know. What about a robot supposed to look after humans? Mm. And do you get mother daughter tension mm. and relationship? Yeah. The, on the other hand, and also hope in that uh, we don't really know. I don't think it says what year it's set in. It's, no, it's no. kind of not too distant future. I no, think is the yeah. idea. Like, there is obviously some science fiction technology there, like you know some of those weapons and things that robots had and the and the computing power and so forth, but not. Yeah, it's not set a 1,000 years in the future. No, it's set no, maybe 50 years, 100 years yeah. in the future. And you could well imagine that, uh, you know, as, as far as we know, there was some horrendous human-made disaster and mother just kind of followed on and mm. mopped up at yeah. the end.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's an interesting one. And I, I think that gives it depth as well. It's not it's not completely clear-cut, I suppose, uh, whether it is a hope or an experiment. But, that, yeah, I, I think those two categories... Play, play out in the movies theme. So what have you been up to uh, since last episode? Anything yourself in the creative fields? Creative fields?
0: Well, I'm busily beavering away on book three. I'm recording the audio book. So there's an audio drama that turned into a novel as now turned to an audio book. <laughs> and in time it's going to become... What came first, the chicken or the egg? It's you? going to become <laughs> um, a series of photographs and short films to accompany the... The Excellent. text and audio. Very cool. So, so that'll be nice. But I've also I've got listed up now on Netflix a new show called Other Life, which is a science fiction series about some alien spacecraft or probe or something lands on Earth and then so people just sort of find out where it's come from. yeah, And then launch a mission to head back that way. Yeah. So yep. I haven't I haven't actually started watching that yet, but it's it's on my list waiting to go. So I'm looking forward to. Them. I am hopeful that it will be good. <laughs> well, I mean, it'll be good, but I'm hopeful that it will be like meaningfully good. Yes, yeah. yeah. As opposed to merely being entertainingly good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which is important. Yeah, excellent.
0: Uh, but other than that, I no, I've been looking into the Mandra Pop Culture Convention. RACON. Oh yeah. Yep. So that's coming up in April of next year, uh, 2020, and I've noticed that they they don't have. Their panels or activities or that lined up yet so i'm reaching out to them uh, shortly to find out how i can get space brains involved in that because it's it's about they want science fiction content and i'm sure we can do something oh definitely
1: yeah that would that would be an excursion
0: if we could open the masses to the idea (laughs) of
1: enjoying science fiction yeah there we go excellent and i mean yeah you know, surely we could convince them with our ten listeners out there that you know we have an audience that's willing to listen
0: yeah, so both of you who are listening just now
1: <laughs> you put some pressure on the uh Let's apply pressure what's what's the convention called Rakon Ra- Ra- Rakon
0: not to be confused, there's another racon in America, mm. which is gosh, I can't remember what state that's in, but it's not mandra.
1: no, it's not mandra so it's
0: rakon as in mandra. we're in
1: Australia here Mandra <laughs> definitely
0: yes. Uh, so last year they had rock on here, and they, they did, had, yeah. Uh, Stephanie Bendrickson, Yes. Yeah. good game, and plays on Twitch. Has a few other bits and pieces going on.
1: Well, I mean, either way, maybe it is something that Space Brain should uh, go and visit. Should be an excursion. That we maybe should we should go check it out. Play. You know?
0: Yeah. I, I but I, I'm going to I'm going to see what I can see what I can wrangle. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm thinking it's going to be one of those chicken egg things where I go to them and say, Hey, I want to get in. They say, Yes, you got to have some sort of Yeah, draw power i say well what if i get a couple of these there's a couple of nice science fiction authors Mm. in uh, in perth here some science fiction um, directors and writers and then i'll contact them and say hey i've got a panel on the (laughs) Mandarin connection yeah would you like to tentatively sign up
1: just the arm a little bit
0: and then i go back to man and say hey i've got these guys sign up they're they're keen to come along yeah yeah anyway we'll see It's, it's a good old what's that Oh, I'm staying sleeping over at my friend's house tonight. And then their friend tells their parents to sleep over at the other one, and then you both nick off to yeah, the but, cinemas. That's right. <laughs> get that late night movie marathon going that you're not allowed to go to. That's it. Which you then have to break into because it's R-rated. Yeah, <laughs> I never successfully did that.
1: No, I I did a. This is totally non-related, but I I that we me and two mates wagged primary school one day, year seven, and I mean that was kind of. The story, like we 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 all had the story that we'd gone we'd go to each other's houses, kind of idea, as a way of kind of fueling. Never figure that out. No. Right, no, but actually, our parents dropped us off, and I caught the bus to school, and so it didn't. We just when we got to school, we then just nicked off to the park, and then hid <laughs> in the bushes, kind of idea. And we'd actually apparently the story goes with the people that didn't wag school because there's a couple of other guys said they'd wag and they didn't, they chickened out. But the story went that one of, one of us, um, their sister, came into class looking, you know, to pass on a message. And, of course, they were like, well, he's not here today. He's sick. He's obviously sick. And she's like, well, he's not sick. So she gave away the whole kind. And then they're like, ah, ah, ah. they've escaped. Send in the drones. <laughs> <laughs> send send in mother Send the drones in Oh <laughs> that's my right, god To hunt us down We had a great day We we went through the parks Went through the bush Went to the deli Got lollies Went to my place for a little while You know fed up And uh, then went back to school To get on the bus Thinking that Hey we've gotten away with murder But uh, we hadn't <laughs> <Not> really <laughs> It was all Already out in the open
0: That right there Is I'm sure there's several stories on that and Ferris-, Ferris Bueller's Day Off
1: Yeah, Ferris Yeah That's why I always liked Ferris Bueller Done
0: Yep Okay so I am mother mm. Let's talk about what that Bit of a rundown on the story there So I am mother It
1: opens with day zero It does Yep I believe it says Yeah. Days since extinction Days since extinction uh, a, a, Event I think Yeah,
0: yeah. Ex, Extinction event So yep. And this is the thing it, it doesn't tell us As I said we don't know
1: What that means
0: Yeah we know that uh, Mother's involved later on But mm. the extinction event Could have been Anything.
1: It could have been anything, yeah. And Mother activates. She's a
0: robot plugged into this sort of charging harness. Yep. And, um, you know, other computer readout displays and so forth. She gets up and wanders over. And and the little readout on the screen says, um, it tells us that we're in a human life lab recovery lab lab or something. something something? Yeah. Uh, With 63,000 human embryos. Odd. Yeah, and, and and it
1: does also say number of humans in population, yeah. and at zero. Zero. Yeah,
0: and she goes over and she pulls out an embryo, and we go through this whole process where a little baby is born, and we mm. see a it's sort of a montage, really, it is a of, montage, yeah. of a gra- growing child, and till finally it clocks over and goes days since the extinction event, thirteen thousand something rather, and human population one, and. That sort, of leads, that sort of sets this scene of the start of the film where we see some of the daily life uh, where mother and daughter uh, do classes and tests and she does a dancing and they uh, have a little play and that sort of thing, uh, which... It's I a nice like, little sequence, like yeah, a, a, a nice mother and sequence. a child. You, get, you really do get that feeling that they're kind of living uh, a nice life together. Mm, yeah. And... There's, uh, we we get the real sort of changing event happens when there's, um, so, is it a little alarm or a short circuit or something wakes daughter up? Yeah. And she notices that the computers and everything that are plugged into mother are switched off. Yep. Which worries her, of course, her mum is is not looking healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes and and obviously quite adept at debugging and tracing issues in the system, uh, having been raised there. and. We saw scenes of her fixing bits and pieces. Uh, she traces this back down and finds a cable which has been nibbled on. And she sits there and she repairs it and plugs it up. And she looks around and sees something under the under the um, casements that, that house all the wiring. So she sets up a little jar with some food in it and waits patiently until a mouse comes out and jumps in. And she picks it up. And she's really amazed because she's been told that it's just... Impossible for life to live outside of her bunker, which is why she's not allowed to even look out there.
1: And that we have that sort of great scene with that, where she tells Mother about the the mouse, and Mother kind of very instinctively takes it and storming off. And she's saying to her, "I "I thought you said nothing survives outside." And Mother's saying, "Nothing can survive outside. Oh, but where was where did this thing come from? Where did this creature come from? Is it outside, or was it always inside?" And why haven't we seen it before? And so it's a good debate of maybe outside, which quite often happens in these bunker movies, doesn't it? It's like, well, a bit of time goes, by. maybe it would be safe outside, you know? Well, that, that TV show, The 100, you know, they're, they're told that her, Earth is um, not habitable for mm. humans. And so when they land in that TV show, it's, it's like, oh, we're all going to die, you know? And they get out there and they realise, no, it's actually safe for humans now. So there's that great sort of like she's debating it and then mother's taking this mouse away and mother's saying, No, it wouldn't be safe for you, you know, you might die, you might get infected. Again, not really telling us what's happened outside, you know, like is it has it been a nuclear explosion or is it an infection? Yeah, you know, like just again it's too toxic or yeah, something. It's too out toxic there. With, you know, for humans. And then she goes and she incinerates the mouse, yeah, you know, bottle and, and all, bottle and all, everything's gone, and the daughter's kind of saying, "Don't do that, don't do that." You know, we, you know, I, I, this is an interesting creature, which you'd imagine would be correct for a little girl well, that's been stuck that in point, the bunker.
0: She's only got origami animals, yeah, yeah. and she's got this little origami dog and little yeah. origami horse and squirrel, and uh, no unicorns there, just in case you're. <laughs> yeah, curious. wondering.
1: So then, what happens next?
0: Oh, yeah. So she's well, she's suspicious now about yeah. this mouse is not being there. And she's what does happen exactly next. Because I, mean, I, I, I want to make sure I don't jump forward too
1: far. She does, so then it's her birthday. Oh, uh, that's her birthday. And we have a nice mother daughter. Yeah, nice. She's quotation kind of, well, it marks, is yeah. for a teenage daughter, I think, and mother yeah. scene because she's kind of like, she's a bit pissed off about the mouse. Uh, but then, you yeah. <laughs> know, and it's like you and I had a good laugh about it afterwards. Like she doesn't eat her dinner, and mother's like, would you like me to reheat it? And it's just one of these nuclear meal dinners, you know, that you'd probably imagine there's 800,000 of them in storage yeah. or something, she, you know. She's and,
0: eating uh, meal variant 16 yeah. <laughs> that's
1: right. 32. Yeah, yeah. so it's kind yeah. of like, would you like me just to reheat it? You know, and it's a very, I, I mean, you and I have children and it's a very much that kind of like a kid playing with their food and then she's like, well, it's your birthday. Would you like your birthday cake? No, she's grumpy about that. And then she's like, oh, what about your present? And that kind of... Does lighten her up and she gives her this present, and it's pajamas number, yeah, female, fe- female size, medium, or whatever you know. And or she age. had to
0: incinerate the pajamas with the mouse,
1: she did. She <laughs> we did, we jumped over that plot point. So, but it was, it was and she's of course sort of disappointed because it's a pair of pajamas, yeah. you know. And, and she wants not, a, an iPad, and they're not personalized, <laughs> no, it's just
0: <laughs> pajamas, medium, female, yeah, female, yeah, yeah. So, as you can imagine, there'd be some big storehouse out there with. Just boxes and boxes of pyjamas. That's right. They'd all be standard issue, almost medical grade sort of things. Yeah.
1: And I suppose that's something, like, it's not a plot point, but um, this this film, you know, we have this pretty grand set, don't we? Like, this bunker does feel big. You know, it, f- it feels both futuristic, just slightly in the future, like you were saying, like, mm. it doesn't feel that far in the future. It feels very realistic, but it's a futuristic kind of sciencey medical uh lab we have we have a scene i think that follows then in the classroom because she's going to be tested and the classroom again it's quite a large classroom but she's the only student and it, but, but yeah this this bunker that they're in is very big you get that impression don't you there's long corridors there's big rooms and
0: it was the, the largest Indoor stage, sound stage setup in Australia. I yeah, think. it is. Yeah, uh, nice. which we, we so got told from three or so, three or so big sound stages. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think they
1: mentioned something like eleven hundred square meters, which is which is really yeah, and big. A, like, a quarter acre for yeah, the people in quarter yeah, acre yeah. land just for the set. You know. Yeah. So it is an impressive set, although we are in this underground ba- bunker. We do change through these scenes. And so so
0: it is that night though. Then that when mother goes to sleep, little rebellious teenage daughter says. Uh, okay, I'm dissatisfied with the arrangements of burning mice, so <laughs> she gets up and she puts on uh like a protective clothing the mm. mask and all that and she goes out to the
1: hatches the airlock yeah to get to get out of the bunker yeah, because she goes
0: and she stops and she looks at the um where the mouse had nibbled and sort yeah. of obviously thinks about it a moment and she goes out and starts cycling the airlock. And as she, she hasn't opened out the, the outer one yet and she's standing there and she can hear banging and crashing and someone starts saying, calling, a woman's voice is calling from outside, let me in, let me in, I need help, I've been hurt, yeah. like, please let me in. And so she suddenly abandons her plans to go out and instead goes back in and, and closes her side of the door and then opens the outside one, lets Hillary Swank in, just called the stranger. No one has any names in this. No. There's, oh, She's
1: actually just called woman.
0: Yeah, woman. Uh Grant referred to her as Stranger. Yep. And she comes in and closes the door and now this is this is the real turning point of the whole film because now we've got proof that there is other humans outside. And mother, of course, hears the alarm that goes off and comes roaring into life, yeah, sprinting down the corridors. Yeah. There's heavy scene. thump 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 mm. of her feet down the corridors as she comes running to see what's going on.
1: She doesn't burn the stranger. <laughs> I think she wanted to. Yeah, she, as we find out as the film goes on, but yeah, yes. she doesn't because the daughter debates this idea of, you know, well, we should help her. We should say, you know, she needs help, she needs mm. medical help, you know. But, um, but we are jumping the gun because so she does let um, the stranger or the woman in, um, but then she tells her to stay, doesn't she? Oh, yeah, she, she yeah, hides so she her, hides right? her. And so when mother rocks up, she's like it's imply she implies to mother that she just wanted to she wanted to go out of the vents, but she didn't make it out there. You know, she didn't have the balls to open the the final. The yeah. And so she hides her and she goes back and mother then insists that she should do her exam.
0: Yes, do your exam now. Do your
1: exam now. Now is your time to do your exam. And the exam's an interesting one, isn't it? Because we've seen the precursor to the exam. Here I'm thinking when she's talking about an exam like, you know, maths and English but it's more of a psychological exam. It is. It's, it's a, kind of it's ethical questions and it's what would you do in this scenario? Yeah, you know? mood state and, and, yeah. and, and how do you, thoughts. Do and, you always feel depressed? And you know, like I think. Do you, do you
0: have uh, thoughts that you consider would be bad? Yeah, something.
1: yeah. And we do see daughter answering a couple of these questions, and it's showing a lot about her personality in that in that sort of practice run through. So mother insists that she should do the exam, and so she starts to. Sets her up to do the exam. Yeah. You stay here, it's going to take an hour, or whatever, and then mother uh, disappears, doesn't she? With that, she doesn't do the exam. She disobeys her and she runs back to Hillary Swank and the woman and she's no longer where she was. She's hiding. And what, mother goes and incinerates something, doesn't she? What, what she oh, the,
0: old, the, the protective clothing. That... That's
1: right, yeah. That was gone out in the external situation.
0: Because at this stage, the stranger hasn't seen mother. No, she's heard her thumping about the place, yeah. but not not seen that she's a robot.
1: And then, so where she was hiding, she sees the stranger sees mother, and she we get this scene where she's like freaking out, isn't she? And she, she kind of goes gun. deeper, and she wants her gun back, and all that sort of um, situation. So uh, daughter gets to stranger or, or other woman or whatever, and she's she's freaking out saying you know what these things are you, you don't understand what they've done outside um they're not who you think they are and all that sort of situation isn't it mm. and she wants her gun back
0: and and she gets her gun
1: back and she gets her gun back and yeah. with this she kind of uses her uh, daughter as a bit of a hostage human shield. and of course as a human shield so mother comes storming in and our daughter's still playing with mother in this scene that stop it, don't, you know, it's okay, we need to help her, she needs medical help. But because she's using her hostage, mother kind of turns into Robocop. <laughs> mother. <laughs> and, and Terminator, you know, she turns into mother. The motherly instincts kick in. And, you know, Hil- uh, Hillary Swank fires bullets at her and everything, And uh, but, you know, she's too strong for her and overtakes her. Yeah,
0: pulls the gun off her, overpowers her. So does she inject her with something then, or just drags her off? Because she's not in good condition. She's not in a good state. No. We,
1: we learn pretty quickly she's been shot and um she's getting sicker by the minute. But daughter convinces mother that she needs medical help and mother agrees. So she offers her the penicillin and she's going to inject her.
0: A great big horse syringe <laughs> full of it. <laughs> it was it?
1: a very huge syringe, wasn't it? And, of course, she doesn't want to have a bar of it because she's like, these things are killers. And, um, and then she goes, well, fair enough, you do it to yourself, you know. Yeah. And uh, so we're in this sort of like little hospital room and she leaves. And, of course, like whatever day goes by the next day and um, she's getting sicker by the minute. Yeah, you've got to and, be a septicemia going on. Yeah, and mother warns her about that and daughter says we should help her. Mother's willing to, she's, well, I'll operate on you, but... Again, Hilary Swank doesn't want a bar of that. And daughter says, Well, I will do it. Yeah. And she's, she's open to that. And again, we have the motherly figure of the robot kind of being concerned when she does the surgery and giving her advice. And yeah, a, I, I kind of liked that scene. You know, it was a bit sort of, you can, even though mother, mother was not uh, animated on the face in terms of like a human face at all, no. it's not a robot like that. And Grant t- did talk about that afterwards. Um, there was a real genuine concern, you know, like I've, I felt it. And maybe I'm painting the picture, but it felt like Mother was concerned about her daughter operating.
0: Well, like, yeah, yeah, um,
1: yeah. I think we can thank Rose Byrne for her voice. I think we can, that yeah. One. That was a big part of it, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so she does operate on her and, you know, she kind of comes back to herself the next day in the hospital bed. Um, and when she's been passed out, daughter has been flicking through this book she has. And it's got pictures, illustrations, yeah, of people. At, at
0: first, I saw it and it was just a like a novel, and I was thinking, oh, she's going to be introduced to art, you know, mm. text." But in fact, inside is is sketches of people's faces, mm. which intrigues daughter because she goes, "Well, she must have seen these people."
1: Yeah, yeah. Is there other people out there? There's there's, there's a whole bunch of other people out there. Which which she says there is. There's the, we we she comes from a place. Called the mines, and there's like a there's a community of humans in this in this place called the mines. She tells her as well that the robots hunt them, and um, there's a particular kind of young boy illustration.
0: Yes, yeah, Simon was that. Yeah, his name? I
1: think so. That might be it. And um, you know, she she's so daughter's you know interested in this. She's a teenage girl. Here's a sketch of a young man, you know, and so she's in she's particularly interested yeah, in his- that.
0: She's only sort of seen, well, she seems to watch Johnny Carson. Yeah, show, whereas... she watches
1: old TV shows. Yeah. And um, anyway, so she's interested in that. And so she tells her about the mind, she tells about the people, but she also gives this horror story of, you know, going out trying to collect food for people and a robot like Mother hunting them down and, you know, killing them kind of basically, you know, killing the the other man. The guy, um, what his name Whatever his name was. Tobias or Thomas. Yeah, something like that. Like he kind of, you know, surrendered himself and they killed him. She tells us that they killed babies and they hunted people and all that sort of stuff. So we're getting a real sudden injection of like mother could be really evil. I got a real
0: also feeling there of this, um, I suppose, mirroring of people's xenophobia in general. I mean, when you have these wars or or a a racial or, or a national enemy, you end up with these same stories yeah, of baby killing and yeah. <laughs> experimentation, and yeah. You know, in the case of the Nazis, it turned out to be true, but in most cases, it's it's usually this sort of uh, fear working yeah. on itself to sort of build the enemy up to be something more so than it is. Yeah. But I, I was now I'm thinking about it. I'm wondering if there there was sort of a part of that going on because there's a there's a fair bit of that sort of xenophobia going on in this world yeah. where. where Various nations and peoples and so forth are sort of getting painted with one big brush yeah despite there, there being subtleties involved mm-hmm. and this um, this robot mother being the sort of proxy for this other uh, different culture something something you don't understand but they're fearful and they will stop at nothing to kill you yeah which invariably you' have to wonder whether how true that is or not. Yeah, it, it turns out mother was trying to kill people, yeah. but you
1: know. <laughs> but it but then see there's a good twist on the fact that the way mother's face is and the costume because it is very sort of unemotional like a human, suddenly then you are thinking if mother is evil like Hillary Swank's character is suggesting, then what's going on behind the thoughts? <laughs> because we don't have privy to that you know we're we're getting this real gentle motherly creature through the robot we did so far. we did
0: see a very quick uh, destruction of the mouse for example
1: we did but you could also see that oh yeah we don't want to infect the humans and you know that you could argue pretty quickly like but but all of a sudden and then the face to me watching it it takes on a bit more of a you're like oh you don't know what's going on behind there I mean yeah. like alien you know, being there on one side of the screen and Sigourney Weaver, Ripley being on the other, but the alien's just there, right? Yeah. You know, like, why is it not moving? You, you don't know what it's thinking, do you? You don't, no, you, you you the don't know how
0: much of, of Mother is purely Is it programming? programming? Yeah, yeah. Or, or how much of it is some sort of... Actual genuine conscious sentient. That's
1: right, because maybe this particular mother is just programmed to raise children, and so it's not militarized. And, and that's and, what she says. She says, Yeah,
0: yeah my, my primary concern is with the safety and well-being of humanity.
1: So it's a real nice midpoint in this film because mm. you've got like four daughters, especially, who's been raised by mother. And we as the audience had that as a montage at the start of the film, and we've had these nice moments like the birthday the mother trying to make her daughter happy, you know, and then at the same time trying to protect her. So you've seen a lot of positivity about mother as a robot uh, humanising her. And then all of a sudden you have this other character we know nothing about, but then she is human and she's telling us these negative stories. Um, and she's got some, you know, some proof, like in her little illustration that there's these other humans out there in hiding. and. You know, like all the st- the stories you've been told that outside is not livable is bullshit. <laughs> so it puts well, a question mark over to, it. To add
0: it. on to that then is it goes to uh, the stranger says, well, we should leave here. We yes. You can't stay here. It's yeah. too dangerous. Uh, this bullet, like, I was shot by it. And uh, mother says, tells daughter when she brings up this concern, says, well, it was actually there was the, the same, same caliber gun. as the gun yeah. that, she was shooting with me, and, and the androids don't use those. Yeah. She shot herself. Mm. Or, or it was implied maybe another human shot her. They That's right. Squabbling.
1: Yeah. So it puts doubt in the stranger's story, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, but, you know, but rebellious daughter. Teen, <laughs> she gets
0: out, and yeah. because mother's hand got damaged during the gunfight, mm. she gets the spare hand, and basically, much like in Tower, mm. she uses the, the fingerprint sensor. Yep. Or the effectiveness—it's sort of like a little USB key in mother's finger, which yes. unlocks unlocks things. These yeah. certain drawers where stuff gets put, and she unlocks it and pulls out the bullet and compares the bullets. They don't match. The bullet that was pulled out of uh, the stranger was considerably smaller. Yes. Than the stranger's. Yeah, we bullet. get a
1: beautiful shot there, don't we? Of like the table, and she puts, you know, after a few couple of minutes, scene of her pulling the bullet out putting the other bullet out of the test tube, the bloody test tube, and she puts it on the table and we sort of wear point of view of the table basically. Mm, And And you can distinctly tell that one bullet is much longer than another bullet.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's (laughs) it's quite good they did that because it would have been easy to just have very similar bullets. Yeah. And then you're going, well, I I need to be a forensics expert to understand this is different.
1: No, it was clearly, it was a good visual story. I think they slightly like different
0: colours too. One was more yeah, brassy colour, yeah, one was more so. sort of lead and grey colour. They color. did
1: look obviously different. So straight away it's like dun 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 you know, oh. it's like no mother is lying, not the stranger. So it was a good uh, plot point in that one, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: so so that brought it's proof. Yeah, that they well that brought, you know, all the suspicions in, you know, up. So a f- plan is hatched to escape.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but the stakes are raised because what does mother do? She mother. says, it's time to pick your brother. Yeah, time to pick your brother. Which is great. And it's I thought like, to oh.
0: myself, oh, yes, of course, because a baby fixes everything. Yeah, was yeah. <laughs> it the lobster where
1: they, <laughs> yeah. if you're having difficulties, they give you a child? That's right, yeah, yeah. But, it, I mean, and again, we talked about that in the lobster, isn't it? Oh, baby, solve everything. Come on. Your relationship's yes. not going well. How well, about
0: a baby brother? <laughs> it worked to an extent here because now suddenly yeah. this lonely teenager who'd been... Told that there's all these embryos, and that mm. when time was right, yep, a new
1: one would be chosen. And she got yep. to choose, she gets to choose, and she chooses a little boy, yeah. And but 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 it's also then, of course, for her, well, I can't leave this human, yeah. Yeah. technically, my I mean, I'm she's told it's her brother, uh, I can't leave it with mother, <laughs> like you know, I can't How, leave it here. At, at what stage is it she went
0: and had a look at the uh, embryo bank? And found out, because oh, she, she was going through to collect up the gun, like they were, they were going to, get, we're going to leave. And she's going through, she opens up the drawer to collect up the gun and she finds the drawer with her test results in.
1: That's right. And there's other numbers. And there's numbers. two
0: others. So she's AXN3. Yeah. And there's two and one. And she pu- pulls out one of them as like a, a toddler girl. A toddler photo, yeah. And that was the last test of that one. Yeah. This little girl, maybe four years old, three, four years old. Yeah.
1: Well, because, okay, so they, her and Hilary Swank plan to to exit. Mm. Mother says you can choose the brother, so she does that. She then says to Hilary Swank, we can go tomorrow once brother is born, you know. And so then you're right, she goes to... Uh, to hatch the plan, she's like, well, we'll get the gun, we'll get supplies, you know, we'll we'll sort of collect ourselves, my brother will be ready tomorrow, then we will go. Hilary Swank's like, okay, you know, like she can't do much about it anyway, she's trapped. Um, And then with that, when she's collecting the gun, she realises that there's these other files of previous children to her. Which
0: made sense to me because... Well, as we said at the start, we Mm. had days since extinction event one and mother's pulls an embryo. And then we sort of fast forward through some, uh, you know, montage. And it says days since extinction event 13,000. Yeah. Which I did, yeah, I did some rough math math there. (laughs) That's somewhere between 30-ish years. In fact, now that I've got my uh, computer handy.
1: Yeah, well, it was funny because for me, I noticed that, but I didn't, I'm in a movie. I'm not gonna start doing maths in my brain, you know, that's not what I come to movies for. But I did think about it. Like I did I did it did kind of go. That doesn't sound right. But I didn't I didn't s I just kept going with the movie. But so it it was a very subtle. It didn't really click. It was
0: just when it was at the three there and I said, Oh, okay. Um well that kind of makes sense because yeah. So I just did it it's about thirty five years, say.
1: Yeah, right. Wow. So, So so we've got a teenage girl. Yeah,
0: and so I was going, well, hold on, what happened to the... Yeah, she's, yeah, the other 20 years, really. How old was she? She was like 15-ish. 15, at the, yeah, Somewhere, I reckon at the most. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, mate, give me seven, eight years for my own daughter to get to about 15, 16, and I'll compare heights and <laughs> attitudes and I'll be able to judge I, the I ages. Think 15, I think 15, we'll go 15. 15. I reckon she was about
1: 15.
0: She certainly wasn't like 18 or 20. No, no. And she certainly wasn't like twelve or, no. or ten, so she was she was in that stage where she was having her own thoughts yeah. and having her own identity, and
1: you know maybe Grant could correct us on that. Maybe we need yeah, that's I, a good technical question for probably, Grant.
0: Yeah, so uh, who played daughter? It was, it was um, Clara, Clara, or does she
1: pronounce it name Clara? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, so Clara, daughter. Clara, if you yeah. want
0: to uh, just get in touch with us and tell us who is Clara, the beautiful Clara.
1: actress, very talented young woman playing daughter. Yeah, it's in quite
0: quite convincing role there. She she had some hard yeah. hard bits to.
1: And I mean, uh, she she and, and she was when you think about, it she was acting against a great body actor, you know, in the in the character of mother in the robot suit, but. Mm. Not doing dialogue Like she had to do all She would have had to do all that you Yeah know, like, well as
0: we're told It was the dialogue When she was acting as It was actually done by Luke Hawker The the guy who was inside Mother's yeah, ro- in costume Yeah The voiceover of uh, the Mother was later
1: turned, Yeah but turned into Rose Byrne So it's a quite a You know for her acting daughter um, Clara uh, You know that, that's that, I reckon that's a tough gig You know because you're not You know a lot of time Actors are bouncing off each other and she would have obviously been bouncing off Luke and his performance in the suit, which was wonderful. But then in the finished result, it's a little bit different, isn't it? Because it's Rose yeah. Burns. So, yeah, it's a, it, I reckon it's a tough gig. It's a tough gig. So, yeah, so she she uh,
0: finds out that she's got these other two brothers. And I so said, it's about 35 years or thereabouts yeah. from the first embryo to her. And so she goes, well, uh, I don't think she thinks about that, but she wants to know and she suddenly thinks, Oh no! The incinerator, incinerator. stuff. Yeah. Stephanie in the incinerator. A, oh God! It's a movie I never got to see, but I always wanted yep. to. It was <laughs> and automatically
1: that puts. So we've we've seen that mother, you know, is lying to her daughter mm. and lying about the situation. Well, this was a really horrible bullets. scene because yeah. she
0: opens the incinerator and pulls out and it says ash. Yeah, a lot of ash. Searches through and the she ash. crawls in there and gets ash down her front and on her arms. And she and scrabbles around in there and pulls out a tiny little jawbone, which is yeah. what broke my heart to see.
1: It was. It was pretty horrific. But that was it. You go, okay, so well, Mother, so mother is a just
0: <laughs> shoved a toddler into an incinerator. I'm hoping she anaesthetized her at first or something like along yeah. those lines. But but you could well imagine. And I was imagining that Mother's just this robot. Yeah. she's just go, oh, you failed your test. Grab, carry. Toddler's going, oh okay. Oh where are we yeah. going? <laughs> yeah, where are we going. And then just locked in there. Because
1: so- the mouse see, that's where the scene with the mouse comes back as a great, you know, um, you yeah, know, a it's foreshadow, like- isn't it? Because with the mouse she just puts the whole thing in, you know. Yeah, it just and burns it. You do no then questions. think with the teeth, oh god, did she just you know, and, and again, Hillary Swank said, "Oh, that you know, there's they killed babies." You know, yeah, so you just kill think, babies. "Oh, right, Mother is a baby killer." You kind of, <laughs> well, you remind you really reminded that she's a machine. Yeah, she's not a she's human. She's not human. No, no.
0: Uh, you can say we'll say not sentient as well, not empathetic or something. Yeah, but you know, that's kind of a bit unfair because robots, as we've discussed, can't have the same sort of emotions we have. But it it was very terrifying then when Mother starts. Uh, chasing, chasing them out the door.
1: So, well, yeah, just before that, she traps her, doesn't she? In that medical lab, she locks her in there and then she escapes. She smashes through. She burns the glass door, doesn't she? Uh, Mother mother traps daughter Daughter.
0: in the room when she says, oh, we've got to do the blood tests. You know, it was really just a, a MacGuffin. Yeah. We have to do this thing in here, this room here. Come yeah. into this room here and just stand over there. I'll just take this into the other room yeah. now and ching, ching lock. You
1: locked you in there. So daughter, you know, because then she thinks, well, she's going to go straight to kill uh, the Hillary swing yeah. stranger character. So she liquid nitrogen's the door and smashes that yeah, through. Yeah, it's, which it's great to cool.
0: it's great to see that this character, and we've had a few examples that this character is quite smart, and mm. I think I think you get the feeling that she's been given a very good education. I mean, yeah. she's just had one on one. Education with a robot designed to give good education. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. an education giving machine. Yep, uh, not just a killing machine.
1: It gives good meaning to that peer to peer assessment learning. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So she. So then she escapes out of there, and um, I believe makes it to Hillary Swank first, gets her out of their lab, uh, and then they're then they're exiting the bunker, aren't they? Yeah, we got mother kind of hunting the corridors uh, around the place. And uh yeah, and she they escape, they go out into the real world, and the real world is a little bit abstract, isn't it? It's a bit it's, it's compared to the bunker. Foggy
0: and it's got dead trees everywhere yeah. and it looks Everything, like New Zealand.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I didn't really pick up on that, to be honest. It wasn't what I... I wasn't really thinking that, but I was it's actually pretty wondering, foreign. It's pretty alien compared I, to what we think of I was there. wondering if they're
0: using Iceland, actually. Yeah. Because um, Iceland is used a lot for these sort of alien or devastated locations because it's just all of the lava yeah, flows and the right. ash fields. And, for example, what was that? Um, Prometheus yeah. was filmed uh, in Iceland. And they've used... They used it also for... Uh, the exterior locations of some other show, which mm. is yeah, likewise Yeah, barren. there is
1: those locations like Hawaii's. known, like they shot Jurassic Park in Hawaii because yeah. it looks like the ancient world with the volcanoes and yeah, stuff and, you know, so Jurassic. there is locations throughout the world that obviously fit that. But, um, yeah, we have this very, to me, it was very alien, dead trees, these burnt out it, dead trees. It again, made me wonder about foggy.
0: the stranger's story. Yeah, yeah. yeah how true
1: was the stranger's story? Because you're looking around out there and it's how just... How do you survive out there? It's yeah. just... Devastation everywhere. Yeah. and then then they come across um, a giant cornfield. Something. Yeah, you they're know, just really corn. Yeah, yeah. And and they kind of start to walk towards it, and she's really baffled. Uh, daughter's really baffled, and um, uh, we get this massive drone in the sky coming over them, and they sort of hide down, hide down as it hovers over, and uh, and and she says. A stranger says to her, oh, these cornfields just started appearing. They started working on these cornfields recently. Six months ago these big machines
0: came and these cornfields Yeah,
1: and we get this like real extreme then long shot of cornfield after cornfield and huge uh, watering kind of tractors, you know, like robotic tractors, I guess, you know, like watering and taking care of these cornfields, while
0: simultaneously killing puppies.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I think this was a different style of yeah, robot. The, I th- this I think was this just was the farm robot. the farm robot. <laughs> so they sort of like they, you know, she get, takes her through that, and then they get to this weird gray June, sandy June field kind of thing, and and that's to me where I was kind of thinking, oh, where is this? This is really weird. And um, you know, daughter comes up over the embankment and. Oh, it's this beautiful, big, wide shot of a washed-up container ship, mm. and just containers. Those huge, you know, shipping containers are just scattered, you know, in this ocean and on the on the banks of the the beach. Um, but the beach is a bit weird. Like it's the sand is grey, the rocks are, are grey. So yeah. again, it's giving us an impression to me. Like again, that's why I kind of that scene. I was thinking with the human extinction event, like, you know, you're like, oh, is this like the aftermath mm. of nuclear explosions? Is yeah, You know, like, has it changed? It's really changed the environment. You know, we had those trees and the fog uh, and yeah, we've there's, got there's this... there's no like, blue skies. There's it's, no blue skies. It's very kind of dark and dingy, you know. Um, and, of course, Daughter's very confused and Stranger takes her down to one particular sea container, that, which then she opens... Uh, a dog comes out, and um, kind of she goes inside, and then daughter follows her inside. Uh, and I was thinking, oh, this is the special entrance to yeah, the, the mine. the secret entrance to the mine. And yeah. of course, uh, when we're inside the container, no, it's a self-sufficient, <laughs> one-person-only home. <laughs> home for stranger. And it's it's you know she's got food and she's got cans, which makes you wonder why.
0: Yeah, and I think daughter at this point is going you you escaped me out of that bunker which yeah. had everything i need yep. and up until the point that you arrived i thought i had a mother yeah to what come to live this. on a yep. devastated beach in a crappy sea container
1: yeah which is kind of the whole point isn't it of that like it's it's and and she admits to her that she left the mines because people humans were turning on each other no, that's dreadful yeah so they're, in, they're, they're in, doing in, dreadful things. dreadful things I, to each in my other my
0: mind was like Cannibalism, yeah, yeah, because they're, they're running out of
1: food, yeah,
0: and resources, and so they.
1: Which again, like, and then, and it's a great, it's a great twist in the plot because again, you kind of like you've been taken on this journey where mother, you know, mother is mother. She tells you everything is true. <laughs> this is the way mother raises a child. This is a proxy. She's genuinely a good robot, etc. Uh, she, you know, genuine at heart. Then we're introduced to the stranger character who tells us no, the. Mother robots have annihilated humans. They're ruthless murderers. Through a couple of scenes, like we said, the bullets and the the other experiments gone wrong, and mothers murdered those children. You're like, well, mother's evil, but then now the stranger's a liar. So poor yeah. daughter, like she's being manipulated by everyone, isn't she? It's it's a it's a weird scenario that she's gotten herself into.
0: Yeah, I I think also it's it's quite good uh, in that it's.
1: Sort of a representation
0: of the teenage experience, isn't it, where...
1: <laughs> adults lie to you, well, no matter yeah, Well, I remember,
0: I remember reading *Catch in the Rye, and this is sort yeah. of what it was about, is, is coming to this realisation that all these truths that you've been led to believe are, in fact, partial. Yeah. You know, nothing's really the way that adults have said.
1: What do you mean? There's not fairies and little pixies? Oh, there absolutely are, <laughs> but you
0: just got to... That's why we drink beer. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry, kids, do not do...
0: Uh, yeah, so I I think it was it was sort of one of these, I suppose, coming-of-age moments there for a, the, the a teenage point. mindset of coming from oh. the familiar family <laughs> home to find out yeah. that everything that mum has said is not Being seduced by true. the stranger. <laughs> yeah, it'd go join the, the outside world. Isn't yeah. it wonderful to find it actually, actually outside, the outside world, world? It's not as dreadful as mother said, like it didn't just instantly kill her. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's, it's not very nice. No, nah, it's pretty... It's, shit. She's kind of wondering, Maybe it's nicer back at home.
1: Yeah. Actually, it's just good that you've put it that way because it is kind of a bit like, yeah, she's left the nest. The nest was all, you know, pampered and you had everything at your fingertips. But, you, of course, she didn't have that outside experience. Mm. She's now left the nest and, you know, she's not instantly dead and she could probably survive outside. Uh, but could she thrive, you know? Well, she and does have like- a
0: dog though, which she yeah. obviously really wanted a dog yeah. or a pet. She wanted the mouse and she's got the... the- uh, paper origami dogs hmm. that she sort of has made. Yeah. So what
1: so what happens then? She's so the strange is a liar, mother's a liar. Yeah, she's gotta go get the nest versus the outside brother. world. Both worlds are, are cracked.
0: Yeah, she well she's gotta get her brother It's the main thing I, yeah. I think at that stage she was thinking that she has to she's out. That's no, it. She can't yeah. go back to mother. She can't go back she to mother. She will get killed by mother.
1: Yeah, mother will kill her.
0: But she's gotta rescue her brother because yeah. Because the same he doesn't, thing what happen to him. What if he doesn't pass the test? Yeah, yeah. Uh, or who knows? Yep. So she goes running back in the night, uh, leaving the stranger behind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she, in fact, leaves a little origami animal there for the stranger to find, which is yeah. this whole Blade Runner shout out, uh, yeah. which, which was, it didn't make any sense to me when I was watching Blade Runner the first time, but people have explained to me, and it's still kind of like, yeah, I'm not really sure. But anyway. <laughs> she runs back and There's she gets through the cornfield there. and she pulls up outside the um, the front of the house, the bunker. The bunker, yeah. And it's just like this army of droids sitting there looking a bit menacing. They yeah. look like Mother but not quite. They do yeah. look a little, they've they got a little bit darker metallics and some mm. blue and red lights on them which are a bit scarier. Oh, and they're carrying enormous guns. Yes, so, which makes them a hell which, of a lot scarier. Which they sort of point in her direction. She gets all these laser beam targeting... On her chest, they all pinpoint the exact same spot, mm-hmm. which is you know very robotic of them. Yeah, could have been a bit more original. And then they put their guns down mm-hmm. and let her through. Yep. And so she goes in and um, confronts. She goes to, to confront mother, and mother's like just looking Never after seeing the baby boy, the baby. Yep. Being a mother with little heat pads, and she's, she's like, "Oh, I'm so glad you came back. It's it's good that you finally realized." And she says, "No, mother, I've come to take my brother." given to me and polarity ensues it's to say that she does she does get the baby brother
1: and yeah well we have a, we, we have a standoff where she's like you can't take brother but then daughter raises the whole point of you've raised me to be the mother you know mm. like you've raised me you've promised me this family at some point you need to allow me to take over you know i'm human i will raise children you know, in this new form of human that you uh influenced. You know, and, ju- and just to punctuate this situation,
0: or to to make it a little bit more tense, the now that she's got baby brother and she closes the doors on mother's leg, so yeah, mother she gets traps trapped, mother. Yeah, then the robots outside start moving and start cutting their yeah, way in.
1: Yeah, to come get mother.
0: And mother and mother indicates this so sort of a bit of a confession here, and she sort of says that this body isn't just her yeah she's all the robots yes and this realisation that uh, at this point she also confesses that she yes she's killed mm. all these other humans mm. because they're well they're garbage yes yeah, essentially she decided that they're garbage yeah and her primary goal is to protect and nourish and grow humanity yeah and while well, the people that cause the destruction are not suitable humanity yeah uh, but you know, daughter has done so very well, mm. <laughs> and t- you have passed the tests. Yeah, frankly, I'm still looking again. That is super creepy because at any point, you know, mother is still thinking of these uh, qualifications that are required, and at what point
1: does the qualification expire? At what At what point does humanity? Fail the exam yeah, again, uh, again, and know. she might just annihilate them and then start again. Because again, those robots that are coming in from outside—I mean, they're, there's a big thing as well as a, a big machine, big and, cutting and they're cutting thing. through this massive protection of the bunker, and you know, and that, and there's also like if you think about one robot, you know, clearly would have um, destroyed a human in a second, and there's a there's an army of them, isn't there? You yeah. know, there's a whole platoon of them, so. Uh, you know, daughter's in no shape to take these these robots yeah. on in this situation if they decide to attack and, them. And clearly, so,
0: there's robotic factories building yeah everything. The and robot so, even needs. if you
1: annihilated that platoon somehow, there's probably another platoon that's just going to come for you the next day. Well, if they were able you know. to
0: create those great big, because it wasn't just the the watering machines; it was these sort of big. What I, I you know took from aliens? Yeah, yeah. If you remember, aliens are, they've got the. Atmospheric processes yeah, they drop yeah. on LB426 or whatever it is. Yep. Uh, shake and bake colony. They look like that, like this. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, have a, I have a feeling Grant did uh, suggest that he was a bit of a fan of the Alien series. Yeah, yeah. And they had that same look where they sort of had they this… They did. Lightning arcing between bits and that sort of the great big
1: things are humming and thrumming. And yep. Uh, well, well, again, like, if you have something that's as sophisticated uh robot machine as mother, mm. like, yeah, you're going to have the farmer robot machine, aren't you? you know, yeah. You're going to have automatic driving vehicles and, of course, you know, the big trucks and tractors that we do for mining and, and etc. Like You're going to have that in an AI intelligence. That's simple, isn't it, when you've got something as sophisticated as mother. But what it really spoke like,
0: to me, though, is that the... The industry infrastructure that yep. she has at her command. Yeah. Means that, yeah, like you said, you can't just kill no, robots. It's pointless.
1: And I mean, we where again it goes back to something like The Matrix as well as like, because she does admit in that scene that the the mother she knows is the centralized mother, isn't it? You know, like yeah. if you kill that robot, fine, you kill that robot, but Mother still exists somewhere. Her consciousness yeah, is that's, somewhere. That's, you'd have that's to, not really her body. No, you'd have to destroy that, wouldn't you, to stop the whole beast of it. So, yeah. Um, but in this tense anyway, standoff a, yeah. where daughter finally
0: managed to say the right things about protecting the child and being the mother and and raising humanity, which is <laughs> it's a huge responsibility. But uh, I, I actually thought about that. It would make it a little bit easier because so she raises... This kiddo till yep. he's fifteen. Yeah. Then they can get two babies. Yeah. One for him to look after. One for her to look after. To fifteen. So now you get a thirty-year-old, a fifteen-year-old, forty-five-year-old sort of thing. Yeah, but but even and then, then they can th- each look after. So get, every, yeah, so every new baby that comes, you're starting to multiply so yeah. like Fibonacci sequence type of thing.
1: And then also maybe. Maybe they also breed as well then as well. So maybe they have their own babies. I think inevitably,
0: I'm not sure how large a community you'd need to do, but yeah, uh, because I mean, initially, your your age gaps would be too and
1: too. Yeah, I'm not saying right now with daughter, but in the future that that would be the
0: the... yeah, like and the relationships would be too close, too much. Yeah, but once you've got multiple, say, 30 year olds, yeah, each of them raising a couple of children, yeah you're going to have different family units yes, effectively yeah. and i'm going to assume that there's 63,000 embryos all of sufficiently different genetic that's right like yeah. it, they would They're have not, been selected to yeah. be yeah genetically different yeah. so that there's no family
1: members in there uh, as so, far as that's concerned so we should wrap up the plot so then she daughter has argued with mother and she's she, she's told us this information that she is bigger than just the robot in front of her we have the drones coming in because there's a standoff. Daughter does have the gun pointed at her. She's pleading with her saying, well, I am the mother. And what does mother do? Mother says, yes, you are. Yeah. And guides, so daughter... Guides the pistol yeah, towards to her CPU. CPU. And she fires. Mm. Tear-jerking scene because she has just murdered her mother, so to speak. And... Um, instantly the Instantly the, the drones stop. and that stop and retreat. So the impression is that, well, mother agreed with this decision, you know, gave yeah. into to that decision. And uh, then we have a really little evil, yeah, <laughs> evil little, scene, little, um, which is um, Stranger in her little bunker, sad and alone. Uh, all of a sudden, there is a mother robot that comes into the container. And interesting enough, and this can really make you think, is she says to her, well, you were kind of like it was perfect timing that you showed up when you did. You don't remember your family. You you don't remember your family. And so it's implied, there's an impression that this was a test, you know, Mm. like that maybe this whole character was built to then one day knock on the bunker door and take daughter out just to kind of convince her that to come back and to come back to the bunker. So, and then we see the, the container door shut. So, She's done with her as, yeah, a, as a character. Yeah, she
0: makes some comment about um, everyone serves a purpose yeah. or something, like that. One of these sort of suitable evil genius things to say, isn't it? Really,
1: <laughs> it's a great idea. Oh, yeah, yeah yes, thing.
0: yes. Once you've done that, you
1: will get everything you deserve. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, slam the dem- slam the container door I, with I the killer swear to God, robot. It,
0: it, If I was working for some, you know criminal boss and i yeah. said yeah i'll get my reward and i said yes you'll get everything, everything. Now, i'd want to clarify by that you mean the hundred thousand dollars you promised yeah, yeah, me yeah, right yeah. the In money the, 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 the and a the, clean
1: start The clean start yeah the, the, you will get everything
0: <laughs> richly deserved okay you're gonna kill me then yeah. okay I, well got that established fine know where i stand now yeah so yeah that, that was i am mother it's yeah. a bit of a thinker there's there's a bunch of questions about robot ethics in there and I guess about humanity. Yep. And in particular, what I liked was it's sort of... We talk about the the three laws of robotics. Isaac Asimov. And Asimov, in fact, claims that he didn't really come up with these. He just wrote them in a particularly pleasant format that people like to quote. Because mm. uh, he was... He, he got a few...
1: Here's his the three ideas. laws of robotics. I haven't invented robotics, but they're the laws. Okay. the laws of robotics.
0: Well... And the term robot comes from the Czech word, robota or something, which means yeah. forced labour, slave.
1: Slave, yeah. Basically.
0: And it was introduced in a play by a Czech playwright whose name escapes me at the moment. I wouldn't be able to say it anyway, probably, but called the...
1: Yeah, well, I mean, this... Um, and we Grant did mention as well that the robot of Mother... Kind of based a bit on the Boston Dynamic robots, that modern day robot, um, where it isn't so much like a robot with a human face. It's it's more the mechanical style robot, and definitely yeah. Mother has that. Well, you know, it's got the big, he- it's got a big head. Um, it's quite bulky up top. It's thinner down. It looks low. like it's built into a frame. It's built into um, a frame. You can see this external. Yeah, frame and and, and also even just its face, like when when you did get those real extreme close-ups, like it was almost like. <laughs> Um, you know, it had two little dots that moved up and down and that gave us expression, but it didn't really have, uh, you know, eyes, a nose, a mouth, Couldn't you know, raise like an a eyebrow. human. It Couldn't only raise had one eye,
0: if yeah. you like, like a and central then, eye. Yeah, it
1: did only have one eye and it had the two little dots that moved up and down, which did a, a, a connotate happiness and sadness at times um, and, and, quisi- and quizzically, you know, the, the, what the daughter was doing. But also below that, it was kind of almost like on a, a current day computer like it was it was like there was like a it, to me almost looks like a usb port you know um there, there was like a little framed outline like something that you'd open and maybe there's another port that goes in there and uh and a couple of other little parts that to me were very symbolic of modern day computing you know and mm. and grant did say afterwards that you know it was based on those boston diet not completely but that idea of an industrial style, you know, styled robot—not yeah. these kind of robots that, like—and and when he was saying, or they didn't mention, but I thought, you know, like iRobot, the uh, Australian director's version, Will Smith movie, uh, Alex Proyas, the Australian director did iRobot a few years ago, based on the old novel. Again, the laws are mentioned in that movie, aren't yeah. they, at the very start? But that robot was very, you know, it has a human face, you know. And yeah, the um, sort of
0: human doll type yeah, face. Yeah, yeah.
1: And quite often when he mentioned that, I thought, yeah, you know, there is a lot of movies where with the robot movies that, well, they do make the robot extremely human faced, don't yeah, they, the, you the, know.
0: Yeah, and he, he wanted to separate that. but yeah. So I found the, uh, the, the Czech fellow who wrote this play was Karol Chapek. In 1920, he wrote this play called Rossum's Universal Robots. Okay. And these robots were uh, manufactured people. They weren't mechanical beings. Right. They were biological in nature, but they were simple and they were basically slaves. Mm, yeah. And that's where the term robot comes from. Right, okay. And I was looking into Asimov's laws because I was thinking, you know, these that movie I, Robot, has this same sort of thing where the robot gets this better idea of how it can not harm humans and so forth yeah. by killing everyone. Yeah. And you sort of think, well, that's a bit weird. But interestingly enough, there is a zeroth law that appeared in Asimov's writing, which he introduced in order to um, deal with robots that has scope at a governmental or social level. Mm. Because it's all well and good to have a, a car manufacturing robot, which we do have, mm. not meant to hurt people and so forth. Although we we haven't built that into our car and an industrial robot says (laughs) there's orange painted lines around them. And every now and then a robot will make a wrong turn and knock someone for a six. But the zeroth law is called a robot. So this one supersedes one, two, and three. And I just go with them. So number one is cannot harm or through inaction cause harm to a human. Number two is, must obey a human unless it contradicts number one. Mm-hmm. And number three is, must preserve itself unless it contradicts one and, and two. two, yeah. <laughs> so the zeroth Law comes before all of that, which yeah. shouldn't be contradicted. And it is, a robot may not harm humanity or through inaction cause harm to humanity. Uh, and this was sort of a vague rule put in place for government robots. Right, but you could see then if mother had this same sort of concept where humanity, as a an abstract concept, mm. was of higher precedence than any individual human. Yeah, then you would still have this hierarchy where it would go, "No, I won't hurt a human, unless it stops me from being able to not hurt humanity." Yes. So if she finds garbage humans, and I use that term from the robot's point of view, of course, well, she doesn't have a problem killing them because Leaving them alive would actually damage humanity mm. so and and mother did mention several times that her highest order her her highest priority was the preservation of humanity
1: yeah and actually it's funny that you're saying that because I am and I'm, just because I mentioned i robot I mean that's the crux of the will Smith character, if you remember that the robot saves him rather than the, the little girl in the car yeah, crash. Yeah, because... So we get that as a blurriness at the start. It calculated a
0: percentage. A
1: percentage. So it's a bit... Yeah. A li- I, I mean, to me, what you're just saying there with that rule, it's a, there's a connection to that in a way, because that robot had decided, I can't... You know, there's a better chance of survival for that human versus that one. You know, it's not mm. deciding to murder any human, but it's deciding to only save one. Yeah, and that's and that's, so, and that's yeah. the ethical issue... Uh, and I guess Mother's a-, a bit like that as well. It's kind of like, well, if we start again with our type of human, I am protecting humanity. Yes, <laughs> We don't 100% know how much of the robots have killed the people outside because, you know, that's a bit of an unknown. Uh, but we we Mother is trying it's to... It's entirely
0: possible that Mother has cultivated humanity outside as well. Yeah, that's right. Culling... Those who you know, maybe there's sort of tests that she goes through, right, Yeah, where she puts uh, a bit of pressure on, um, say the mines, she'd mm. know about the mines, yeah. So maybe, maybe through her drone, she puts pressure on that little civilization, that little culture there to see how it responds mm. under difficulty. Well, and I mean, then it, it fails that test because rather than banding together or um, showing a greater humanity,
1: mm. they turn on themselves. They might have eaten each other. <laughs> yeah, and they, and
0: Mother went, okay, well, that one's no, no good. okay, no, that's no good. But Destroy there, may, there may be other areas, other places yeah. where there have been humans who when they've got this bit of stress that Mother sort of starts applying a bit of stress to them, they sort of come up with a, a what is considered a good solution. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so entirely possible and probable that there will be other little pockets around the world because trying to save humanity from one bunker, Mm. like if something went wrong in there, like you could imagine those uh, embryos, if something went wrong in that storage facility, power went out for even a brief moment, you could just basically lose all the humanity. Yeah. So that would be
1: totally unthinkable. Yeah, you wouldn't think Mother... You think Mother would be uh, a bit smarter than that, wouldn't you? Yeah. She'd have to set up at least another bunker.
0: Yeah, even if there was only one bunker when she initially started, you'd Mm. think... With her manufacturing capability, she would have surely start up some others and transferred Well, embryos.
1: I mean, and as we just talked about, the the stranger character, it's it's implied at the end there that, you know, was she just from day one born and bred yeah, to well, be that, the I catalyst sort of, for I daughter, that, you know? Yeah, she was number one. Yeah, she might have and been And she must one. have
0: passed enough tests mm. initially for mother to go, okay, she's...
1: She's good in these things. She's factors. good in
0: these. Good for this purpose. Mm. And so she put them out. And probably probably had she never turned up to the bunker, maybe she just would have died of old age and another test would have been discovered. Oh, yes. yeah. But talking about these robots, so I've got I'm going to have a look at uh, some of the inspiration for Mother's mm. form, yep. which is Boston Dynamics. Uh, there's a couple of robots. I've got Atlas. Yep. And uh, I'm sure you've seen this one. This is the one that does like backflips. Yeah. Catches boxes and you see... <laughs> they do terrible things to it. They they push it with a broom. They do so it staggers about the place, and because they want to. Try so and, no
1: wonder one day it just wants to it destroy want to humanity. <laughs> and, and if you want some nightmare fuel,
0: check out Big Dog. Get some video footage of that thing. It's terrifying. I don't know what's so scary about it, but it's this four-legged yes utility. And they can unlock to, a
1: door, right? That
0: one. Uh, the, oh well, no, that, that's like yes, that? that's some more advanced one. the right. the Big
1: Dog's just like a
0: it's like a big dog. It's yeah. like, So it's four-legged. It doesn't have a head or anything, but it's just like a four legs on a body, yeah. And the legs are in a configuration like a dog's, yeah. And it's meant to be like a pack horse, so you yeah. put you put oh, stuff yeah, no, on it to carry. Oh yeah, I know that one. Yes, yeah. And it
1: just—I have been looking at Boston Dynamics for I don't know, maybe five or seven years now. The videos as they've popped up on the internet and stuff, and because uh, it has, I know a big dog is the first one I ever saw but where it's like in a car park and it's mm. plodding along through this car park and like you said, they do terrible things to it. Like it's, and in the video, I remember maybe it's six or seven years ago. It's like, wow, look at that. You know, it's chomping along and it says in the video, it's designed like for military to carry heavy equipment and weapons um, and and injured people. And you're like, yeah, right. It's kind of... See, it's funny it's called a big dog because to me I was thinking, oh, it's kind of like a cow with no head or, yeah. you know, a horse without a head. A mule, head. you might yeah, say. Or yeah, a mule, you know, that's probably a good way. So it's pla- – and then, like, one of the uh, inventors, like, gives it a kick. Yeah. And the thing, like, you know, falls over onto its knees and it sort of slides, you know, on the, on the gravel – and then it like, but it just stands back up, you know, just kind of. And and again, that's the brilliance of the technology is it? that it can trip over and then just get itself back up and stabilize. And it takes a couple of another steps and it gets another <laughs> kick. And you're just thinking, Jesus, poor thing. So no wonder one day robots do destroy well, there humans. There is a, you know, a like great... it makes a lot of sense. They will remember, you know, maybe that's what Skynet and Terminator is all about. They're like, do you remember back when they used to kick us?
0: Well, there's a great video I saw, which is, it's a, it's a comedy video. Yeah. But it starts off looking like one of these Boston Dynamics demonstrations where there's this, this robot looking a lot like Mother or, or yeah. Atlas, yeah. sort of walks down through a car park, turns yeah. and opens the door and goes in and like, and then we get the next sort of scene. It's stacking boxes and yeah. they sort of throw a box at it and it catches it and stacks it. And, yeah. uh, and then they have it balancing on various things and then – of course, just like in Boston Dynamics, someone comes up with a hockey stick, yeah. which for some reason they use an ice hockey stick yeah, yeah. for these videos, and push, shoves it, and it staggers a little bit, and then regains and picks up the box, and they knock the box out of its hand, and it just picks up the box <laughs> and continues yeah. on its way. And then it, it, it goes on, and, and they see it doing like some more little tasks, and they, they come out with a hockey stick and sort of give it a whack on the side, and yeah. it staggers a bit and regains and goes back and continues on. And you're thinking that such, this looks a bit mean yeah yeah and then they come up and the guy sort of whacks it with a hockey stick <laughs> and the robot just quickly grabs the hockey stick and wrenches it from the guy's hand and just kind of just a moment like you know, that sort of like threat. I'm gonna you and know, then whack you back throws the hockey stick on the ground and then goes back to stacking boxes <laughs> and I saw that and I said that is like I knew it was, it was a, 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 a common, humorous yeah. one but the whole thing is done exactly like the normal <laughs> test ones yeah. and it was terrifying oh, yeah. like to see that this react and pull the hockey stick out and the way it, it kind of stood in this threatening, yeah. like, you know, you know, and then it throws the hockey stick down, obviously saying, I could have just smashed you. Yeah, yeah. And it goes on. And later on, they, they pull a, a gun out and shoot it with a gun and it kind of sags around. And finally, it it snaps and it pushes the guy over and grabs the gun off him and turns the gun on the humans and marches them out through the car park to balance and stuff. Yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, just that, that hockey stick moment. Yeah. Uh, Because I was was starting to feel sorry for the poor robot getting hit and then it (laughs) grabbed it off and you can imagine that would be the catalyst moment where you've got this learning AI in a robot form and you're doing these tests. Yeah, yeah. And there's at some point
1: it shows that bit of rebellion and goes, nah,
0: I've taken it all I'm going to take. Yeah, I've
1: always thought as well, like just self-protection, you know what I mean? Like even what you're saying there, yeah, true, like it grabs the hockey stick, I'm going to whack you back. But even just... Why not self-protection, you know, because mm. if you, even if you thought about the military thing or you thought about um, a, a robot in the factory, well, it's an expensive piece of infrastructure for a business to have yeah. and, yeah, it might save a lot of labour. So you wouldn't want like another co-worker or a human coming up and like kicking it or something, you know what I mean? Like you, so w- without it protecting itself, you know, yeah. so like a bit of self-protection of like dodging a kick or, you know, like why would it just take a kick, you know? And I know because it needs to be programmed into that. But at some point, AI will go, yeah, I don't want to be kicked. You know, you might damage, you know, my piece of infrastructure, you know.
0: Well, you get these security robots, which are really just sort of garbage cans on wheels. And they invariably get vandalized. Yeah. People knock them over. And and which I think at some point you should think it seems mean. But you got to remember, it's just like like a toaster. There's no actual intelligence in it. it literally
1: is just. We are imposing that. robot,
0: a, a set of wheels driving around with a camera mm. on it. Like, yeah. It's not thinking about anything. It doesn't have kids at home that depend on its income to, to, <laughs> to get by.
1: <laughs> so we had a great viewing experience of this. As we mentioned, we got to go to the big cinema screen. Um, I think, like, you know, obviously all that adds to it. It was also very. A great audience experience well, yeah, because some I think of the most, sound on this was great. Yeah. Like
0: it, yeah, you know, when when some M- of the robots like yeah. ran about the place or thumped, you could really you could feel these thumps, thumps and yeah,
1: It went and, through you. Yeah. Um, but it was also, it was, a, I was just gonna say, like it was a great audience to watch it with because I guess everyone was there, like we were there intentionally because of Space Brains and we wanted to sort of understand more about the film. Yeah, it was, and all, I think most of the audience was probably like filmmakers, cinematographers, producers in the Perth scene, mm. young and old, and, and maybe also just real movie buffs, you know, people that really are into it. So the audience was, there was a nice sort of energy in the audience on top of. So, you know, there was some, a bit of laughter in the moments. There was a bit of sort of fear in the same moments. There was a yeah. bit of like, you know, as you said, with the sound of mother running around, like, you know, your heart jumps, but of course the next person next to you jumps a little, so you sort of get that communal Theater, uh, it, was, it was very good. There was, there was no yeah. one
0: there just wasting their time.
1: No, no. You didn't have teenagers on their mobile phones. Like right. everyone was, everyone was, um, or anyone actually. I shouldn't just say teenagers because no, like, I did see a movie once and there was a guy that was about 50 with his girlfriend on the phone during the movie. And I'm like, well, why are you doing that in the movies? What I mean, are you, what are you on, doing here? Why are you wasting your 20 bucks on that? I mean, you can do your mobile phone outside. Um, but yeah, it was a great experience. I really liked it, and I would suggest anyone sees a director's question and answer scenario in their local town should go and check it out because it's a it's just a very unique experience. Yeah, well,
0: you get some of those questions answered. Invariably, yeah. you're watching it. For example, the, the origami animals, yeah. and it was that that clear one where the stranger came out, and there was a it was even the the camera was in the same super close up, a mm. you know, macro view, yeah. and the hand came and picked up. The origami dog yeah. or whatever it was Yep Which I believe from memory Is basically the same end scene In um, Blade Runner Maybe it's only the director's cut But anyway in Blade Runner When you're being told basically That this fellow had been there But he's gone And that's the same thing Our daughter was there She's, she's gone. gone Yeah that's, she's left that That's, that's trace, is I'm it? I'm done I'm out of here Yeah so and, he... and then we found out Well no actually that was most definitely, yeah. A Blade Runner quote. Grant, Grant's a big fan you, of that. You sort couldn't of film imagine and, it was by accident, like yeah. But uh, but it
1: works in this movie, and it, it's one of those just like it's a good little storytelling device, isn't it? As mm. you say, like the character's been here and gone, uh, so he's put it in this. But he's a big fan of Blade Runner, and so it's kind of he, he he's also just s- using it. That, the other thing he,
0: he also said he liked the idea that it would be an artwork a robot would do, yeah, because yeah. it's recreating representations of. Existing thing, mm. so you don't really need creativity in that space. Yeah, but you're trying to do it in an optimized and and systematic fashion. Yeah, so and it's logical, isn't that's it? That's like what a, a, robot it's a robot
1: Logical, would you know, folding of the paper to create the artwork versus you know trying to paint a painting. Yeah, or something, you're not really right? trying to express no
0: the motion or emotion no. or or no. any social feature. You're trying to express uh, the likeness of
1: A a real thing So what about our ladder So we do the ladder idea We rank a whole bunch Of uh, each film that we're doing Now we're up to uh, episode 13 um, With this one I am Mother So this is our 13th film We've got our kind of classics Space Odyssey and Alien And then we've got the other 11 on the ladder Um, For me this jumps right up there So I've got Lobsters at number 1 But I I reckon this one comes in for me Into number 2 yeah, yeah I, so I, I, agree. I really this it's, one impressed me a lot. It's so. there
0: with with passengers. I think the production quality was there. The uh, you, you got enough sort of action, a bit of uh, emotional, you know, sort of drama, but you also got some philosophical questions to be yeah. asked, which I love. Yeah, particularly when you're talking about the use of technology, and I think there's a, a great. Litmus test for science fiction is that if you can take out the science fiction elements, mm. can you have the same story? Yeah. You know, would you be able to have... The, if you replaced Mother with an actual human, would you be able to have scene for scene the exact same story with with almost no change? And the answer is no, you couldn't because of this requirement for uh, a, a prime directive that she's following mm. and the the concept of a methodical... And implacable,
1: sort yeah. Of well, creature. You're right. Like if you if you swapped Mother for a ruthless scientist, you know that mm. wanted to save humanity, uh, that storyline sort of could work. But then it wouldn't be that bigger picture of no, it, saving all of humanity because it, it wouldn't give still, you the full theme. it, no, would, it would just no, be this. It would get lost in it. A
0: crazy scientist, yeah. like you're going, well, you have to work with. Whereas Mother, being the robot, the AI actually has. An entire industry yeah, yeah. of robot factories, robot farmers, robot soldiers. Yeah, there's a to continue picture the it. whole thing. Yeah. Whereas trying to do it otherwise, you'd have to be invoking you'd have to be invoking some other form of science fiction. Yeah. Which would be the science fiction of conspiracy. Yeah. That somehow you can have a perfect conspiracy spanning more than one or two people. Yeah. And that's yeah, so it, it is good because passengers was quite good like that. Yeah. yeah. Trying to have that. Passengers as some sort of castaways on desert island doesn't quite work because then you don't have the um, Arthur character. Yeah, and the
1: time would be different.
0: Timelines and and all those sorts of things just wouldn't work as the same story. You'd have to have a different story.
1: You would have. It's a different story. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And and for me, it it bumps up the list or the rungs on the ladder because of those things you're talking about as well. Like the plot was great. It sucked me in. I think there's a lot of unknown and I really like that. You know, a lot, a lot it, of films. It
0: inspires a lot of imagination. Yeah,
1: in terms of not everything is spelt out to us. Mm. And I think, uh, you know, yeah, the film makes you think as well on a big picture of, you know, humanity, etc. cetera, as we talked about at the start. But it also, just in its plot, there's enough of the plot for you to be satisfied, but there's also unknowns, you know, and that that's good. It's good to have a few little question marks throughout. So I really enjoyed that. Great production, uh, the robot is fantastic and very good acting and then when you compile that with camera and, and sound, yeah, this was a very enjoyable experience. So we've gone through the plot very heavily. W- what's a favourite scene that stood out? What was just one scene that stood out to you?
0: I quite liked the the birthing montage at the start. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I thought it that Im-
1: opening montage was great.
0: It immediately, I like the fact that he's real babies. Yep but it also immediately evoked this this very strong questions of of chi- a child recognizing a mother and mm. because mother was in no way human recognizable mm. had two arms two legs about the size of a human yeah but it looked like it definitely looked like a piece of equipment yeah uh, like a tool and if it had not spoken and had just walked about the place doing tasks you would be forgiven thinking it was just that's all it could do yep but then it was cradling this little baby and the little heat pads. Yeah. And, you know, the little girl was sort of playfully playing with it, totally unafraid and quite, you know, comforted by it. Mm. And the reason I like that scene, it was, it was very nicely sort of done with the, um, the moving cameras coming in close for the yeah. sort of close-up shots to give you that intimacy and so on. But it was more just that the fact that it immediately, had the movie just kind of ended after that montage, just as a short film, I think that montage would have worked. Yeah, yeah. If you could well imagine like just a little five-minute or seven-minute yeah. short film just of that and end. You're, you're immediately thinking, what's going on? Yeah. Could a human actually view this piece of something so inhuman as a mother and have yeah. affection for it? Could you know? Could this really work out? Yeah. And so I, I really liked that yeah. for that
1: reason. Yeah, I liked that opening montage too. I thought that was great. I... <laughs> I really liked the teeth in the incinerator scene. I was going to say that would be um, my second one because it's just... It's creepy. It's, uh, its um, you know, the fact that she kind of climbs in. There's lots of ash. And in a way, as an audience member, you, were, you knew what she was looking for and you kind of were hoping that she wouldn't find anything, or I was. Yeah. You... Uh, because, again, it was, you know, like how truthful was the stranger versus the mother, you know, like as an audience you were still... Especially me, I was still debating uh, yeah. it, you know, like you're I was debating fairly the sure question, you know. Like Mother
0: was not telling the whole yeah, truth. Like,
1: but but maybe she wasn't the killer and you know, like you didn't know exactly yeah. um. It was, so, Im- it
0: was implied that mother was uh separate and locked away in this bunker yeah. and had nothing to do with That's what was right. going on yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. And which, she was just an automated
1: mother machine, which yeah. you you
0: could kind of go, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and there has been these other robot stories, you know, like a robot for a family and of course, it's given a a program, but then because it develops with the family, it becomes something a bit different. You know, it evolves itself. Mm. So you, you, how was Mother evolving a bit, you know, as a motherly robot? And so it was different to the robots that would be outside. But anyway, that particular scene, you know, it's like it's a great plot point in the story because it does show us that Mother, in fact, has been this is, murderous... Is a dark Yeah, scene. is a dark, dark creature. It's, it's a evil. It's a monster uh, it can't be trusted. It's been lying and manipulating this whole time on on this particular t- intention. And then just, uh, I mean, look, yeah, as maybe as a dad and this idea of a of a little toddler being incinerated. And I think there is just I mentioned before, like because it chucks the mouse in and incinerates it, and also clinically incinerates the pajamas and the outside. We see that used throughout mm. the plot three or four times before this scene. That then, of course, her kind of like hunting through the ash, not wanting to find a clue, and then she (laughs) digs out this little set of toddler teeth. It is a creepy little scene. It's a point where
0: your stomach is is churning a little bit. Yeah. And then when she picks up the bone, it just drops and you go, oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: I know. It's yuck. It's gross. But but in a really clever way for the plot of the story, you know. And um, so I liked it.
0: It's certainly a, a mark of, uh, a good story is where you get these strong reactions one yeah. way or another, where you yeah. maybe where you have the happy ending and, you know, you actually feel happy. That's right. Because there's yeah. a lot of movies with happy endings where you kind of go, oh, there's a happy ending, but you, you're not really moved by it mm. because it just didn't quite connect. Yeah. So it was a great, like, that,
1: you know, it raised the stakes. And when you do, as you say, you think at the end she shoots mother, this justifies that a fair bit, doesn't mm, it? like you know, like a, sort of saving
0: the cat. Yeah.
1: So it's it's a good ploy that, no, now we know she's, Mother is the bad guy, you know, creature, and yeah, she does need to die. She needs to be terminated. So I, I really liked that scene, terminated. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a good
0: one. As uh, the I quite liked the outside scenes in the cornfield. Yeah, I liked that too. There was that really sort of brought back some of these. I don't know is this American Hollywood early science fiction mm. where people are running through cornfields to escape from the aliens or from the the, the blob or the the giant ants that are coming a, cor- a
1: cornfield is so symbolic isn't it like it's in so many horror films and science fiction films it's always there's even movies about the yeah, cornfields you know, yeah you 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 mentioned signs before you know being stuck on a farm with an alien somewhere and, the, and you know the sign the signs being imprinted in the cornfields. You know, Children of the Corn, that classic horror mm. ser- series. And you're right, like you go back to those early science fictions, like The Blob, and that in these little American country towns. And it's always the cornfields, isn't it? Yeah, you know, there's
0: always going to be some scene where someone's been chasing them, yeah. running blindly through a cornfield. I know, I know. And oh, they're, they're, so, they're,
1: so they're into their cornfield,
0: and I remember going, "What the hell? That what this? That's a farm. That's like yeah. that's what are they running through? Because they've just come from that devastated forest." Trees. Yeah. Sticking out of the sand, and then running through cornfield, and then there's that big noise, and a huge drone comes flying over, and mm. yeah, you got that. Uh, I suppose mystery and wonder, but then also the fear, and yeah, uh, the camera was moving along quickly with them, and yeah, the sound really yeah. sort of worked into that,
1: and and it, and it does imply that you know mother or the the AI is you know like because we do get that extreme shot of massive and massive amounts of cornfields like. Well, again, maybe that's the thing. So we've got we've had the the um, bunker with daughter. Maybe there is other bunkers, you know. Because mm-hmm. I mean, my impression with that is that they're growing all this corn to feed humans, right? Yeah. You know. And again, it's even in our current farming technology, you know, we grow corn to feed cows uh, as a cheap, a real cheap food source for cows. Yeah. And then of course the cows eat the corn and who eats the cows the humans so it's it's a chain that we've created corn is really cheap it's really quick um you it's a quick um plant that grows you know in a quick succession of time uh, you destroy it you burn it off then you grow it again like it's okay. a farming technology that we've used for a long time I don't know how great it is for the environment it's, of course but it's something that it's a it's a quick turnaround in food production that then we can feed a animal that then humans eat, you know. Yeah, I was wondering
0: though when she was going out there and seeing all this corn. It started six months ago, and I was looking at the size of the corn. That's about right. It'd be, yeah. but it'd be coming up ripe. What are they gonna, like? It's going to be ripe well before. Yeah, yeah. You need. That's what. There's three humans that we know of. <laughs> and but that's
1: the thing. Maybe there is a lot more that we. One just of them is a baby. Of. Yeah. So they're not going. They're and, not going to need and the, and,
0: and the stranger gets. Terminated. Yeah. So there's only daughter. But
1: but that's what I mean. Maybe then the corn is for cows that they're growing. Yeah, or or maybe
0: for fuel.
1: Yeah, fuel.
0: But yeah, you think it must be. Well, maybe it's to rejuvenate soil. Maybe it's just going to turn to a green cover, just mulch down and then sown back in. I
1: I think for me, it's more about creating the food for then animals like cows and sheep, and then it's those cows and sheep are going to take time and. It's the first step in a staged stage stage. return to
0: agricultural existence yeah. for humanity. Yeah. Because obviously maybe, robots don't need food.
1: No. <laughs> um, so you've talked a bit about robots. Is there other science that you want to touch on from no, this movie? We sort of spoken a bit
0: about uh, artificial intelligence. There's a bit about robots there and some of the things in this movie which I think work quite well in that was the recharging. Mother had to recharge yes. every night because one of the greatest – we've got two two big problems with robots like uh, autonomous robots and uh, one is energy source mm. so we're starting it there with batteries but batteries are still really heavy yeah and you end up with this problem where in order to put enough battery inside of a robot to run all of the actuators and bits and pieces you end up with a heavier and bigger robot mm. which needs more, more battery <laughs> and to there's, fight gravity, there's yeah. a maximum size of robot you can have because yeah. you reach a point where our materials science can't produce a robot strong enough to stand up under its own weight
1: that's right yeah
0: and you, end, you know without damaging itself it can't walk without damaging itself because the the force on its feet so these giant robots you see in some of these uh, science fiction films uh, and Japanese anime require some special materials yeah. we don't have access to so they don't just take a step and crumple their foot uh the alternative to batteries, of course, would be some sort of a, a diesel generator or or a turbine or something producing electricity constantly. It's certainly got a higher energy output, but again, you've got a lot more moving parts, a lot more heat, and you're producing all these fumes, which if you're trying to use this robot around other people, yep. no one's going to appreciate diesel in the face while you're trying to work with a robot. And it's very noisy and a destabilizing as mm-hmm. well. Having a reciprocating engine, it, it vibrates a lot and moves around trying to have a, a humanoid robot with a petrol engine or a diesel engine it just won't work yeah yeah so we've got we've got that problem there the the film sort of addresses that by having uh, mother recharge yep. regularly yep so that's nice so so you could imagine a slightly better battery technology what we have now yeah and then she has to recharge
1: and she does that every night like they go to sleep don't they oh. and we we even sort of see in the film that she kind of recharges even earlier than um, the daughter goes to sleep, you know. So yeah. maybe in, even in that, there's the, to me it was kind of like, oh, she might recharge for 12 hours, you know, like a massive recharge and, then, and is only then awake for 12 hours. You know? Yeah, so yeah. It's not, or, or
0: she might have like three sets of four hours yeah, with a bit like of wakefulness that. in between yeah. to do yeah. tasks. Yeah. But, so the second problem there, which is actually addressed by this film, is processing power. Because it's nice to have, you know, this uh, big dog we're talking about, an Atlas Boston Dynamics, and uh, they're they're actually tethered by power yeah. cables, yes. generally speaking. But trying to have the computing power required to maintain a uh, human, you know, bipedal upright movement and keep balance and pick things up and all that fine control mm. requires a lot of processing power. Yes, which itself means a lot of energy. Yeah, and we're talking about. A little bit about this last week when we are talking about Internet of Things, mm. last week, last episode, whatever it was, is you can actually now, with 5G and, say, so this Wi-Fi technology, you can offload processing. Mm. So you can have a relatively dumb robot shell yep. with a lot of sensors and a lot of battery power in it, but all it has to have is a, uh, a Wi-Fi connection, a 5G, right. yeah, yeah. a 5G antenna in it. yeah, And then the computing power can be much larger. I mean, you get this whole bunker, which presumably mm. has some kind of nuclear reactor powering it. Mm. And you, have, you can have a huge computer there. Uh, and the computer doesn't have to be a single stationary computer. It would be computers all throughout, each yeah. one providing the information they need to provide. So it, it was a nice view, and um, I would like to talk more with Grant about mm. the, these ideas, whether, whether that was it or whether it was just he went, well, I want it to go to sleep so yeah. that daughter can get up and run around the place <laughs> yeah, yeah. and do stuff. Yeah. Uh, and also to, to have, maybe mimic more a human yep. sort of thing. It switches off uh, for the day. But I I quite appreciate it because it, both those problems with robots are addressed. It's small enough a size that the materials we have currently would be strong enough for it to operate. Mm. And because it's, you know, she even admits that she has decentralized intelligence. She's mm. not just in that way Blowing their body up doesn't stop mother. Yeah. Which clearly means she's got some sort of uh, wireless connection oh, to processing, yeah. and it'd be
1: distributed process. Yeah, and she's it, obviously connected to those other robots, isn't she? Because yeah, she, she controls them, them instantly. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Which is which is where we're moving with the internet yeah. of things. Yep, is being able to have this of uh, computing power available to mm. otherwise dumb things.
1: Yeah. Well, in the our, um, Jeremy Rifkin's Third Industrial Revolution documentary he talks about that trucking company in Germany and the trucks are going down the highway, That they tell the drivers to take their hands off the steering wheel and in fact, they're sitting there in the truck on a laptop, basically controlling the truck, but they're actually doing more than that. The trucks are full of something like a 100 sensors, which is collecting all the data about the road, the weather, um, the timings of deliveries of what's on a truck, what other trucks are delivering throughout their network. And then that information is being sent back automatically to like the central database, which then relays out to the other trucks, oh, don't come down this road because maybe there's an incident or it's wet weather, it's gonna take an extra 10 minutes you know, or you need a pickup of a parcel right now. Well, the, while the first the, you
0: know, truck hasn't finished delivering yeah, it. It's got yeah, so
1: there can be delivered. a re- relay of that information, yeah. you know. So, again, I think, again, they're still in the early stages of that, but it does show you that sort of centralized network of of information, you know, and what then people can do with that information. And I
0: think that's where robots are going to actually be able to usable is when, yeah. when we have the – we can offload the processing so that yeah. – they don't have to have a head, yes. as it were. Yeah. Uh, and we need to make our batteries just a little bit better.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
0: by yeah. pulling the processing out, it pulls a, a lot of the power requirements a lot of juice. off. Yeah. You can uh, you can have each individual sensor It doesn't have to be connected back to some point inside the body. They yeah, can some just massive transmit CV. their own data yeah. and receive data from some other location, yeah. which can be anywhere, anything. Mm. And uh, I suppose the other question then and, and which is somewhat addressed by this movie is why would you make a robot shaped like a person mm. you know two arms two legs and the basic reason would be because then you can make a robot take over a person 's job yeah if if we 've got our current infrastructure and factories and everything built for humans, if you could make a reliable human shaped sized robot, hmm. it could go down onto the factory packing line. You don't have to have like a specific specific industrial robot arm. You could just have – you literally the human could walk off at the end of their shift and the robot could work, walk on at the beginning of their shift, yeah. but which it, then would just last until the human, I don't know, went home and played computer games.
1: Yeah. But again, in that in that third industrial revolution, he does talk a bit about that yes, robot – he believes yes, robots will take over – those um, specifically physical manual handling jobs. But when you take things like the not-for-profit sector, when you take education, when you take hospitals and, you know, medical care, you can't really replace like a nurse with a robot. Like it's quite because humans need a human to care for them, you know, like, yes. And this, and this film, and and I thought about that with this film that, you know, like, yeah, we have, and you've mentioned it, like, would a baby attend to a robot and be affectionate to a robot when it's not a human? Yeah, because you know, and are, that's a good question, isn't it? Like, I mean, the film says yes, hmm. but in reality, there's a there is a bit of a question mark over that. Well, I'm not when, sure. When you
0: live with people, and I'm sure you've noticed this with your family, is humans tend to synchronize their yeah. their emotional states, mm-hmm. and often I can I can tell when my wife is struggling mm, because yeah. I can sort of feel it. Yes. And vice versa. Because it's lots of little body movements yeah. and uh maybe pheromones or maybe some other sort of yeah. senses, but it alters our our own chemistry. Yeah. And you get into synchronization.
1: And I guess, you know, if you think I mentioned before that scene where she says, Why aren't you eating? Mm. Do you want me to reheat it? Like she she doesn't really she doesn't really solve the problem, does she, of what the daughter is actually going yeah, through. Yeah, well she doesn't like, say
0: oh, look, you must be worried about that mouse and, yeah. and a bit upset about it. Let's talk be- about that.
1: Because the sensors required, like you're just talking about, they're, they're really, they they might not even be a- available for us to even build into a robot, a sensor, to be able to detect someone's moody because of something else that happened to them at a different time when the robot was not there. Whereas a human, you can walk into a room with someone you know and realise Pretty quickly, something is off, can't you? Yeah. You know, and and um, and and also humans are perplexing in that we may say th- and do things even though our intentions are completely the opposite, you know, or we're masking something. So how does a robot, and uh, how does a robot determine that with its senses? And then even at you I you know, as a dad, like yes, in the younger the the early stages, like a baby, yeah, a baby is actually very hardwired isn't it to oh, survive like thank goodness you know, that. And, and and that's why a baby can survive off formula rather than breast milk you know if something happened to the mother formula can substitute you know like you know there's there's, there's arguments for and against but it can substitute yeah, it we, can't we've it got and plenty a baby of... will accept that because guess what it's food it's it's enough nutrients to make the human brain develop and the body de- until it's dependent upon that it can eat something else for a source you know and then
0: and you wonder where their sense of Self-preservation yeah, goes. Why? That's right. Why because don't eat you anything. eat that food?
1: Yeah, that's right. They'll <laughs> eat that. they won't eat the good stuff. They'll eat the bad stuff, and all those sort of things. But it. But then, as a child develops, you do. I mean, and this film runs off that analogy that no, it's, it, the child has accepted mother as mother, and I, I think that's completely fair. But you well, do wonder... She had nothing else to really go by. Yeah, she had nothing else to go by, but then she was getting educated and she was obviously intelligent. Well, yes, yeah, That's, so well, that's get, why she I, liked,
0: liked The Stranger so much, of course. Yeah, the, of the course, because like,
1: suddenly, oh, you're a human. I, I mm. like this, yeah. So I do wonder, yeah, I do wonder. But then, yeah, I mean, it, you could easily argue that, well, a, chi- a, a child growing up in that environment, this is all it's got to interact with. It's told it can't exit the bunker because it's death. Well... Like any human, you do the best with the scenario you've got, don't you? In a way, like mm. so, you don't, you don't. Re- the, that child, daughter, had no choice in a way, you know. So it just went well. Mother's all I can talk to. Well, I'm going to talk to mother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mother's everything. So yeah, it's an int- but it is an interesting debate. I think going into the future is that we might have robots driving cars and robots doing manual handling and delivering packages and stuff. But when you start talking about palliative care you know, birthing babies, all of these yeah, other things. sort of an empathy, empathy requirements. Educa- even education. Yeah. Like I know in this film the robot teaches her, but I, I, I don't know how well a robot would do in like a public school. You know, yeah, like, there are some like, people who would respond well yeah, to that or well enough to it. In fact, yeah.
0: there'd be people who respond better to having that impersonal, they would. non-judging thing. And then other people wouldn't. Thing, and other people would go, I really want you to judge me yes. and, and to reassure me. And the robots are going, you are doing very well. Yeah. Your scores are yeah. <laughs> increasing. Here are some other facts I well, can assure you with. Well, that,
1: doesn't she, in the movie. She's like, as long as your test results are positive like last year, you know, like yeah. you will pass on to the next level. Like there wasn't any, you know, you could even tell it, daughter sort of kind of um, amin and over that. You yeah, know,
0: looking for a bit of reassurance, but yeah. and no arm around the shoulder. And yeah, hey, look, you know, things happen. It's just no.
1: And I just do wonder as, as the daughter got older and older, you know, we need different things from mothers and fathers, don't we, as, they, as we get older. So can a, can a robot keep that emotion? You know, again, again, when they're young, it's more about survival. But as you get older, it's more about emotions, isn't it? And, you know? and so, connection. Yeah, and yeah.
0: So finding a place within society. Yeah. And if your mother is a robot. Yeah,
1: you can't be a robot. How, yeah, <laughs> how
0: do you find a role model there? Um, I mean, she actually had the role model for, to being a mother, but not any other sort of, well, how do I respond to things? How do yeah, I, yeah, What do I, you know, how do I interact with other people? Like, yes. No
1: but, but again, it's a great, um, uh, it's a great yeah. debate, isn't it? You know, and, and I know you said it straight after we walked out of the film, like that idea of if you took a Neanderthal baby and put it into a modern-day society, would it succeed? And, and, you know, it's that same concept, like, it's a good question. It's a good science fiction question. Well, my
0: brother turned out okay.
1: Okay, <laughs> your parents travelled back in time and brought him back into the future. Well, my
0: dad is a nuclear physicist. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's, yeah, He's a crazy scientist. I'm Excellent. sure. Excellent.
1: Yeah. Any other science, or is that enough?
0: No. Well, well, that, that's sort of sort of it. I think I think we've gone, we've got enough overall. I mean, I'll, I could talk about robots for a long time because mm-hmm. are so very cool. And yeah, we we should all have our own robots, and under some definitions, we do. Yeah, but not the sort that. Yeah, we're not
1: quite there. I, I feel I feel a bit like you know the joke of Back to the Future 2 and that we should have flying cars by now and it, it kind of feels like being an 80s kid we should have robots by now. Like Yeah, it, you know, and it feels ta- like society's letting us We are talking a about bit. general purpose robots, yeah. like yeah. mother who yeah. could Come in and cook me
0: dinner, but also mm. then drive me to the train station. That's right. At the same time, do the dishes and yeah, washing. Yeah. You know, like do our
1: homework for us.
0: <laughs> yeah, almost. that kind
1: of idea. But it 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 just it, it does feel like society's let us down a little bit. I think I've, I feel like we're a bit behind the schedule. You know, mm. from what we were told in the eighties. But anyway, so look technicalities. It was great to hear Grant's perspective as a filmmaker. He he talked a lot about uh, he had a writing partner. Um, for this that he works with And he's worked on before Lloyd Green, Which is, is yeah, Michael, Michael Lloyd, Lloyd Green, Green Who actually did the screenplay hey, that Grant, They were going to do a western They were I'd love to see that script I, and, that, and maybe because of the success of this He's going to go forward and create that western But yeah him and Michael kind of Developed the story and then Michael Lloyd Green developed the uh, actual um, screenplay, but any and he had him on set the whole time. He's a real partner, that's what it sounded yeah, like. Good to me. Friends, yeah, good friends. Good friends. They've been friends for 10 years now, and uh, they've plotted through um, a Western and they've plotted through Iron Mother that they tried to get out there. Uh, it was a film that had a lot of Australian funding. Uh, he is a Perth filmmaker, he wanted to shoot it in Perth. But there's not a big enough studio space currently. No. And there's a really nice large one in South Australia. So it got sent there. Apparently, Mortal Kombat, which is a big Hollywood film, uh, is being shot there soon. So they shot in the same studio space. And I I really applaud Grant and the set designer and everything because it's it didn't surprise me that afterwards he said it was so big. Because yeah, I mean. Most of this film is in that bunker, and yet we have so many different sort of specific locations. Mm. And it felt big. It felt futuristic without being too far in the future. It felt more um like a science lab, a university lab was versus something a he, military he lab. He
0: explained was uh, that he didn't want it to be. You imagine passengers was like a luxury cruise liner, yeah. and it had that wonderful bar yeah, and, yeah. and and the sports facilities and the swimming pool and the rest of it. You could have had the bunker like that, but then why would daughter want to leave?
1: That's right. Because yes, you <laughs> take be one, you take
0: one look outside and go. Nah. In no, fact, no, no, the no, no, stranger no. would come in and go, <laughs> "Oh, mother's dangerous." and...
1: And oh, you've, you've got a bar and you've got, you've got, a, got a pool and... <laughs> a restaurant? You've got a golf... Co- uh, no, 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 the mother's all good.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, well, I, yeah, you can imagine she might go, let's just see how mother yeah, plays yeah. out see, a bit. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'll give her a go. So, um, you know, it was great, the set. It was fantastic. You know, obviously a shame not shot in Perth, but, you know, he's talking about his future productions. Maybe one of them will get done in Perth. Um, but, yeah, it worked really well. I, I thought it, the set was amazing. Yeah, I thought it really impressed me. He also me. indicated
0: real... that uh, it was cleverly built mm. with inbuilt lighting. Yeah. So they didn't actually use stage lighting. The lighting in there is the built-in is lighting. The, yeah, is the set and lighting, yeah. He said as a result they could just shift a camera mm. and start filming. Yep. In, in all the different locations yeah, without so... having to do it strip down and... and uh build-up and all the rest of it.
1: Yeah, so it gave that cinematographer and him a lot of freedom, you know, they that, yeah, that could was, just move the camera and take a shot. They could do and, the different angles because
0: yeah. the, the set was all there. It yeah. wasn't a two-dimensional screen that they, they sort of had to play, you know, do careful angles with.
1: Yep. Um, another thing I thought is, you know, for such a, we've gone through the plot, such an intense Plot really quite thematic, and you know that good science fiction question that we've gone over a lot tonight. So simple, three characters. You know, mm. it's the old, you know, it's three people walk into a bar. You know, like, um, and sometimes this is the thing. Like, the more simple it is, you know, you can have these big. We've, we've mentioned like Avengers, and there's like twenty different superheroes that oh, all we'll have to have their own plot arcs. Well, here you've 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 really got three key characters, mother, daughter and stranger, you know, and how they all intersect is the plot and it's a big enough plot that really keeps an audience on edge. So again, I reckon that's really great. The plot points themselves, like that opening montage, you know, we're told about the Annihilation, Um, that opening montage really sets up a lot of sympathy for Mother as an audience she looks like a mother. She's acting like a mother. You know, that scene where she's nursing the baby and she goes through different songs to soothe the baby. Mm-hmm. Like, as an audience, you kind of, especially as a dad, you, you I, could, un, I could really sympathise with that and empathise with yeah. that experience of trying to soothe the baby. So I thought they did that really well. And there's a lot of those good plot points we've mentioned that the, the kind of the trust of mother, because we trust the mother like daughter, the stranger questioning that, then questioning the stranger's trust and then going back to questioning mother's trust and then finding out, oh, mother is a murderer. Get out of the bunker, daughter, you know, like, yeah. and then and then realising that what the stranger is taking us to is actually not very good and she's a bit of a manipulator anyway. Um, like, great twists and turns throughout the, the story. So I really liked that. The thing that he also talked about was uh, mother and it was something that he was very... Keen on doing is being a big fan of Alien, Predator, and these sort of films where there's a man in a costume. And so Mother is a costume, you know. And he, he talked about it's designed by Weta Workshops and the um, character actor Luke Hawker, who um, he actually liked our post on Instagram the other day, oh, the, nice. the very first one that we I don't know what he going. looks like. I go, yeah well yeah check it oh, out on I'll instagram yourself and all the listeners out there should check him out Actually, like his page. it'd be good
0: to ask some insight into his experience yeah well. well
1: i noticed he liked it and i went oh hello it's luke hawker and it was after you know grant talking about him and and that's the thing he grant really talked him up saying that he brought such a um you know he, he developed the robot at the wetter workshops but then you know, he really played the character of mother because obviously later on they added in the Rose Byrne stuff and um, the voiceover and so here he had to play a robot that is a mother <laughs> and uh, it's really impressive. And, I, I mean, I thought that watching it and it was great to hear that it wasn't CGI. I think, again, like you, you know, you and I, child of the 80s, we did ra- we were raised on non-CGI and then we went through the period in the 90s of sort of, like films heavily using CGI. Everything had to do it. And and it got to a point there where films, you know, like they all use CGI and some of it not that good, some of it very good. And I think now it's interesting, probably in these last five or six, five or ten years maybe, people that are making films have come from that era where they grew up with the non-CGI, then the CGI, they're, they're getting the chance to make a movie like Grant and they're kind of going... Well I don't want CGI, I want the puppeteer, you know, I want the I want the real costume. I want well, to the good thing time is and we can
0: that. now right. supplement the real stuff yeah. with just a little touch there so you can just more easily remove the mm. the the cables or the yeah. the hand or the whatever.
1: Well I noticed Luke on his Instagram uh, went to some convention in the US where it's it's and he had the Iron Mother suit at the convention. There's some photos of him there. Also visiting other, and there are obviously other people that design these kind of costumes, you know, for the movies. And there's horror costumes and science fiction, alien costumes. And they're, they're real. They're prosthetics. They're, you know, robotics, uh, you know, as in fake robotics and costumes, whatever. And, uh, yeah, it, it looks really cool in that way, you know, that these are the real costume designers, you know. So I think there's a bit of a homage, maybe a bit of a circling back to that. And Iron Mother definitely does that. So if you like that idea of it being a real Robot in that, so to speak. Uh, yeah, it's amazing, and again, it's Wetter Industries, Wetter Workshop, I think it's called from New Zealand, you know, Peter Jackson's company. And it's very, they, they just seem to do really good stuff out there, don't they? They must just, he Peter oh. Jackson has hired some incredibly talented people. That draw well, I think them. the
0: problem is that the problem, the benefit is that success tends to then draw mm. these people, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it, you're right, it, it, you know, honey honey attracts the flies, doesn't it? And everyone comes in and more and more successful people means more and more success and it circles around. We did mention the sound and I, I reckon that was fantastic. You know, we had the mother running scenes a couple of times. She sort of like when she wants to protect daughter and then also towards the end when she wants to hurt daughter, so to speak, that thundering of mother's footsteps. It reminded me of Terminator, yeah. the, the sound. But then the shot was sort of Mother running down the corridor. It reminded me a bit more of Alien, you know, because the corridors were a bit more like Alien or the Aliens franchise. And the flickering lights. Yeah, the yeah, flickering yeah, lights. And even the way Mother's right. head is and coming through the darkness, it just felt a little bit Alien as well. So yeah. I could see both of those there in a really good way, like really homaging it and then in its in its own style, you know. So... Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this film. I think the technicalities were really great and, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, you know, I, I, think I quite, got to check it out.
0: I quite appreciate it. There's a, a great use of the difference in, what do you call it, shot length or framing? So the scenes where the stranger's in the hospital and uh, she's furtively telling daughter about the, the lies, there's all these really sort of close-up shots where there's just all... You can almost not see the bunker at all. It's, it's just... The daughter and stranger talking and doing things and and, uh, and but then you get these pulled back where you have the shots where you can see the whole bunker sort of laid out, and corridor disappearing down the way with mother walking through it. So you, you're moving from the sort of intimate human moments to you know the inhuman moments. Uh, I quite I, so I, I sort of noticed that going through there. I, I thought it was well done.
1: Yeah. So look, Iron Mother. It's a great Australian movie. It's available on Netflix. Uh, we had the benefit of getting to see it on the big screen and also hear Grant talk about it, which was a real plus. Um, but, yeah, overall, I'd strongly recommend in the science fiction realm people should check this movie out. So I think it's getting really good reviews, it looks like, online. I've spoken to a couple of people and told them I went in and they, they said they watched it on Netflix and enjoyed yeah. it. So it seems to be getting around a little bit at the moment. So, yeah, if you're out there, check it out. Let us know what you think about what we've talked about tonight and um yeah we'll move on to what we're going to do next episode oh, it's
0: it's it's the big challenge after earth after earth Will Smith right. and Jaden Smith yeah uh father and son team that go to earth come back to earth
1: <laughs> presumably
0: sp- I, I don't know anything about this film beyond the fact that uh it is is often referred to as not being a well received smith film yeah yeah but i i'm quite a fan of will smith i reckon he's uh very charismatic yeah yeah Uh, his films have not failed i mean i I love that movie bright which is on netflix have you seen okay no i haven't actually seen that it's also received fair mixed reviews but i i know it's just it really it's it's worth watching from the point of view that you just don't get films of that genre like bright yeah yeah the genre of that that sort of urban fantasy, orcs and elves in I think it's Los Angeles, where they're established, It's that's just part of life. It's yeah. not like, pow, here they are. You, what's another movie where that's the genre? I mean, that's yeah, just that, So, that's very, so it's very interesting. Specific. But After Earth. Yep. So get yourself and watch that. Remember to joy watch this because I don't know anything more about the fact that no. it's, they go to
1: Earth. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that. I mean, After Earth, yeah. I remember the film coming out a couple of years ago, or maybe it's a bit older than yeah, that, maybe four or years five years ago yeah. or something, But, and I do remember it not receiving the best uh, feedback when I sort of heard a little bit about it, but I, I just kind of I didn't get a chance Look, to see I, it. And, I, reckon, yeah, I anyway. reckon it's
0: got to be nice. I mean, there's got to be some great shots there, some imaginings of what Earth would be like. Uh, presumably it's not populated, otherwise they're like the – so it wouldn't make sense. After Earth, and they turn up, and it's just like normal. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I'm I'm looking forward to some imagine imaginings of that. I'm looking forward to, I'm hoping a bit of charm, uh, from old Billy Smithy.
1: <laughs> well, I think you will. You always get what you. And get, if
0: Will Smith is li- listening, listening, yeah. get in touch and let me know if it's okay for me to call you Billy Smithy. <laughs> it's, it's probably not. No, it's
1: but probably still. highly inappropriate. But anyway, come and tell me. <laughs> Come listen to our program, Will Smith. Yeah, Will <laughs> Smith. Uh, yeah. So we look anyway. We'll joy watch that and uh, just go into it with a positive attitude. I don't know much about it, and yeah, we'll check it out. And we'll so tell you great. what is
0: good and what is great about it next time. Okay, so I'm Space signing Space off.
1: <laughs> See ya. See ya. Bye bye.